What's up, y'all? Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Call to Action Network on Chill to Action here every Monday, hanging out with a Schmodown competitor in the Schmodown world. You know me. It's your girl, Danny Joy, hanging out with my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Denuzio. That's me. It's me. It's PLD. What's going on, everybody? I'm so excited to be here. Lon has been one of my favorites in the Schmodown, I must say. Not kiss any butt, but I really like his, uh, his characters and everything, so I'm excited to see where this is going to go. This is fun. This is very fun. I'm very excited to bring to all of you this Monday. Y'all, welcome, welcome, Mr. Lon Harris. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much, hey. Lon. This is going to be a good Monday. We are chilling. Uh, first off, really quickly, I just want to send a quick birthday shout out to one Mr. Kevin Smets. Happy birthday, dude. Yay. Hey, Happy birthday. So, Lon, uh, first question that we always like to ask everyone that comes on Chill is why Schmodown? What got you into the Schmodown? How did you get involved with it? Uh, well, I work at uh, Screen Junkies. I'm a writer. Uh, sometimes I you know, show up on movie fights or some other random stuff. I write a show over there called Cram It. But uh, I, so I knew JTE through uh, working at the screen junkies working on movie fights together. I, I had not heard of the Schmodown before I worked there, but after working there, Dan Merle obviously works with me, uh, JTE. So these, these already, these, these Titans of the Schmodown were right around me. So of course I got, I got to know what it was and I got to watch it. And before long, it sort of occurred to both Josh and I like, you know, I probably could do this. I have a lot of random movie, obscure movie knowledge. And like, I'm an idiot who's willing to, act like a moron <laughs> on camera. So those are the two things you really need to yeah. make the show that happen. Um, so yeah, so it, it was sort of a logical step. And then I met Christian and we sort of talked about it. And it was JTE's idea originally for for the professor character and he and Christian who worked it out. Um, and uh, there, there's a guy, there was an old wrestler, uh, Lanny Poffo, the genius Lanny Poffo. Yes. Uh, and that was his whole bit was he would, wear like a cap and gown and he would recite poetry and he was like the smartest man in wrestling. Uh, and so I sort of just blatantly was going to just steal that bit and it all kind of just evolved from there. <laughs> I love, I love, I'm a big wrestling guy from the eighties. So I actually, I made the connection myself knowing that Christian was a big wrestling fan as well. I almost expected you to come out throwing Frisbees to uh, the audience right. here and there. Well, the, first, the very first promo I recorded as the professor, I did do the, the rhyming couplet bit that Lanny right? Poffo used to do uh, as, sort of a, as sort of a direct kind of homage. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of the Shimoda fans kind of picked up on that. Uh, right. And that was fun. I was not, I did not watch wrestling growing up. So I had no idea. I was, I was enjoying Mr. Papa for the first time. <laughs> he is actually one of the most underrated, I would say. But uh, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> if you're going to steal somebody's bit, make it a good bit, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I, so with uh, WrestleMania just happened, and then with everything that's going on in the world, they had to do it in front of like a completely empty stadium and stuff yeah. like that. So at that type of performance level, like being able to perform at that level where, you know, like most just from what I know about wrestling right now, I know crowd is a big part of it. And all of that hype is is there. You've uh, done live events with Schmodown, like the free for all and free stuff for like that. I didn't last very long, but I was there. Yeah, I was there. That 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 crowd energy and stuff like that. Does that help you in any sort of way or do you feed off the crowd for your character a little bit more in that? little bit of time that you had 
I'm going to go ahead and say for me, not at all. Like I get that if you were acting or if you were wrestling or if you were like playing sports, like that lively crowd that's really into it is going to be great. You're going to feed off of that energy. But when you're trying to focus and remember the answer to trivia questions, you don't, you don't want to crowd. Like I was really trying to just put that all out of my mind and just focus on, you know, like pretend that it's just a normal schmodan shoot. Which is honestly, even when there's a normal Shmona shoot, it's still a room full of people. I always right. try to kind of like forget that all of those people are there and just get in the zone. And because all of these questions I can remember if I'm sitting at my desk or on my couch, it's the being in front of the crowd that makes it nerve wracking and you don't want to miss, you don't want to embarrass yourself, you want to know this. Uh, so, no, I hate being in front of people. I would love to do, like, if we could do the Shmodan and, like, I lock me in a closet by myself and just feed me the questions, I'd be a lot better at it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually that's actually a good point. A lot of the competitors have said that so, so much different under the lights. I mean, you can answer trivia uh, at your home and amongst friends, but then you get under the lights in those kind of situations with everybody around. It's a lot harder to, to, to have that recall. Yeah, I mean, there was. We talked about free for all already. There was that the question that got me booted off stage. It was uh, what Rid this Ridley Scott movie has Julianne Moore and Ray Liotta, and like they they didn't name Anthony Hopkins, which is what threw me off on stage. The answer was Hannibal, but um, mm -hmm. you know, it was it. I, I'm convinced that if you had me like at my desk at Screen Junkies and you stopped by my desk, were like, "What was that Ridley Scott movie with Julianne Moore?" Like, I would have gotten it. That was just the pressure <laughs> of being there. Uh, I know, I know. I've seen Hannibal. Before, <laughs> yeah. I have to feel so, like uh, you guys know. Uh, just a little aside. You know, Quiz what? Show. Have you guys seen Quiz Show? Yes. You know, John John Turturro in Quiz Show. They they, they he's got to lose so that Ray Fiennes can win. The producers want Ray right. Fiennes to win because he's the good looking hero that they want for the show. So the, the, they've written that John Turturro's going to go out. Uh, he's not going to know Marty, the 1955 Ernest Borgnine movie. Marty's not going to get the answer, and it drives him crazy because it's like, well, that's a movie I know. You can't not Marty. I didn't <laughs> get knocked out on Marty, uh, and that's how I felt about losing on Hannibal. I was like, not Hannibal. I I know Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, if I lose on Drop Zone, I don't care. I don't know that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, you say that now. Now you've been around a lot longer. You had a bunch of matches now. I mean, has it gotten any easier for you? Gotten more like accustomed to it now? Because it seems like you had some. You had a, good, a nice little journey in this morning. Just like start off quick. Had some. Had some stumbles, but then you kind of come back strong recently with uh, with Paul. Yeah, I mean, obviously there there is a there is a like head game, like there is there is some kind of where you you get more used to how the game is played and the format and like pacing yourself, and so that that definitely is true. But honestly, I think it really does come down to. Uh, do you know the questions? Is it a friendly spin of the wheel or a bad spin of the wheel can be like so much negative momentum that can sort of cost you the game, even if everything else was going your way. Uh, Absolutely. My brother and I, uh, when we got like scores and soundtracks, that's actually before that match. If you had asked me, do you feel pretty confident with composers? I would have been like, sure. I know, I know, you know, I know who Hans Zimmer is. I know Alan <laughs> Silvestri. Like you think you're good at it. And then they ask you those questions. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't know who wrote the music for like this random movie. Like I thought I did. I just don't know it. Uh, so I think that sort of stuff makes a much bigger difference to me than like the little getting comfortable things. Although it, it is real. Like the first few times you do it, you're sort of more nervous about the process. And then that all becomes sort of second nature. 
And it's just like, what are the questions? Just give me the questions. You've had, um, I'm not sure if this is Schmodown canon or not, but I think that Lon Harris slash the professor slash the delinquent now <laughs> has had the, the most uh, amount of partners. Uh, you've had four? Yes. Four partners. Four? Four? Yeah. Four partners? I mean, it was it was an ill-fated season for Josh Tapia on a number of levels. I think that that to me is like that's what was really it was just he wanted to come back. He had the the, the infamous bird scooter incident. Uh, it was just a tumultuous time, and so it was it was difficult to have that consistency and and participate as much as sort of I wanted. And then yeah, we brought in Jonathan, and I thought he was he was great. Uh, and, and worked great as a manager too. It was just like, you know, there were all these like constant mix ups and change arounds. So nothing ever sort of really stayed the same, but I feel, I feel good about this year. I feel like with swag and with me and, and Paul Yama final exam, like I feel like I'm finally on like a stable, consistent, strong team moving forward. So that's nice. Cause it's been a, a rocky couple of years. Well, yeah. that makes sense too. I mean, because a lot of times you'll talk about they'll talk about how teams they form that chemistry. You got to know each other's strengths and weaknesses. You can cover for each other, and unless right. you actually play together a few times, and you can't really gain that kind of chemistry. You and Paul seem like yeah. you have a great set of like skill set of knowledge that would cover each other's like cover each weaknesses, so to speak. This is a thing I didn't really think about, but there is definitely a strategy in terms of partnering. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you know, me and me and JTE, me and my brother, we're similar ages, so our our frame of reference is the same. Like we're both very strong on like the nineties because my brother and I grew up together watching every movie that came out in the nineties. So right. teaming with Paul has been a very different experience. He's half my age or close. <laughs> Almost distressingly close. Uh, and, uh, and, and so he will say things that are just like, I have to lie down for a few hours after hearing them. One, uh, there's a Jim Carrey wheel slice now. Right. And so we were talking about stress. We just, is that something we should think about putting on the wheel? And he's like, do you know uh, those Jim Carrey, like those early 90s Jim Carrey comedies? And I'm like, sure, I think I know those pretty well. And he's like, yeah, because that's, that's way before my time. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the mask? Oh the mask is way before your time? Damn it, baby. Ridiculous. Uh, uh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, like stuff like that, it's hurtful, but it's helpful. Because he's got, you know, like there, yeah. I, I missed a question once like cloudy with a chance of meatballs, which is like, you know, that was, I was already like a, a crappy, shitty 20 something like, I'm not going to see that. But like, he was a kid. It was perfect for him. So it's, it's nice to be able to count on somebody to pick up that kind of stuff. That's really great. That's, that's, that's really great insight insight into your team. So uh, yeah. speaking of uh, Paul Oyama, sweet baby Paul, big friend. Uh, you are now with uh, Winston Marshall as your manager in Flag yes. Drip Drip. That is my faction. <laughs> That's my, my favorite faction that I oh, well, wonderful. So absolutely super pumped. So how does it feel now? Like I know that you had your brother Jonathan as your manager for a little while, um, but how now that we're in this different Schmodown world where managers are playing a big bigger different part inside of the uh, inside of the game, how are you feeling with Winston? Oh, I mean, I feel I feel very good about swag. I feel really good about Winston in terms of as a strategist. I mean, he was I did not have any of these conversations with him. I found out I was in swag 
when everybody did. Like it was not worked out in advance. Uh, so, you know, he put this all together just in his head. He was looking at all of these people and thinking who would be, you know, a good combo. And I think, you know, the, the first match versus the experiment sort of speaks for itself. Like, I think he, I think he proved that he had a pretty good mind for how this is going to work. And I mean, exactly the thing I hadn't thought of about the age differential and how Paul and I are bringing expertise in these different eras like that. That's all Winston. I, that was not anything to do with me. Uh, so, yeah, no, I feel like he's put a really good team together. Uh, you know, everybody sort of clicks together. And I think, yeah, I think it, it's going to it's going to pay off. I mean, I hope so. I think so, so far. So good. Yeah, I'll right. It's, it's, everything's working so far. I, I felt like we had a lot of good momentum going into the end of the world. So we'll see if the world doesn't end. Maybe we can, you know, pull this thing out. Let's hope so. <laughs> it looks How like it might not end. We might be okay. We might be okay. Just sit back, have a little drink. You know, know. Wait for all the blowover. Just don't go to the Winchester. <laughs> the blowover. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just blow it. I'll blow it. <laughs> We'll be able to go back to work tomorrow. It'll be fine. Yeah. By Easter, yeah. I hear, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I, you are been one of my favorite. Like I said, you have a great uh, character sense, unlike uh, a lot of the other ones do. I mean, some people are just great trivia people, and some people have great characters. I will say also that Andrew Guy. Uh, and Ben Bateman both told me to tell you that they love you and they think you are awesome. Uh, and that's great because that is Andrew Guy's forte. He is the exactly character he's a professional actor. actor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I think that it's a it, it's 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 tough. And and at first, my first few matches, I definitely was focused too much on the character side. I definitely was thinking a lot about how to be funny and what can I say to bounce off that guy? I was thinking about it more in terms of entertainment because, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I write jokes. Uh, that's sort of my natural inclination. And then I realized like, oh, I am screwing up some of these trivia questions that I could maybe get because I'm sort of half thinking about them and also half like, oh, this would be a funny thing to say. Uh, so, I, so now my approach is to really sort of all during the promos and the sketches and like that's when I'll really focus on defining the character and, you know, then during the matches, if I think up something goofy to say, sure, but I'm more trying to focus on on me getting the right answers. Well, that's right. That's, you don't want the Malachi syndrome, as we know. The Malachi wouldn't uh, the uh, Russians. Yes. That Russian accent. Exactly. That's a, that's a problem. It, right. And you don't, you don't necessarily realize in the moment that you're doing it. And then you get three questions later and you're like, oh, I haven't really been focusing. I was thinking about trying to be funny. Like, I'm an idiot. This is not, this is not the time nor the place. And it, that's another... Uh, love my brother, great guy. But when I'm teamed with my brother, he is also a comedian, comedy writer guy, uh, and so it's it's help it's helpful to be with a guy like Paul, who's very locked in and thinking about the trivia. That sort yeah. of rubs off on me. Whereas if I that's was next to a goofball, I'd be like, "Listen to this," and like that's what <laughs> I don't want to do. That. <laughs> that, right. banter, that whole banter between uh, you and your brother, and just any any that you're in all of your cutscenes are so great especially this most recent one with winston that cut yes where we were introduced to the delivery i'm in the alley drinking yeah, yeah. well where did that that's what i kind of want to know since we're here uh what, how did that like when you make up the mind or involve with christian as you're going to change your character around how'd that come um, about oh the, the the change of character was my idea after two okay. full seasons as the professor i was i was just out of bits like i feel like i had 
I had used up all my A grade professor material, like the syllabus and all the references. And I just, I really had felt like it had kind of run its course. And I, I had thought maybe if I get teamed with somebody who's got a big pre-existing character, I could sort of like join an active storyline already in progress. But being teamed with Paul, who also was kind of in this sort of transitional moment, uh, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to just come up with something totally new that gives me a totally different beat to play. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that the idea of, oh, well, he'll be, he dropped out of college and now he's like sort of, I, it, the original vision I'd had for it was more like a juvenile delinquent, like in an old high school movie, like the kid <laughs> at the back of the class who's like, up your nose with the rubber hose, teach. Potter, like that was what was originally in my head. And then after pitching it to Winston and Christian, both were like totally behind it right away. But yeah. then when we got there on the day and we were filming that scene, that was really where the current incarnation, where it became less, less like high school bully, truant, juvenile delinquent and more like hobo, like lost drifter. Like that's where that element sort of really came into it with the drinking and the, the living on the street. That that was not part of the original plan, but I think it's it's worked out really well. So basically you're saying that, uh, you're basically saying that effort was lame. Uh, that's uh, You couldn't do putting more effort into the professor anymore. Yeah, I mean, quite, quite honestly, yes, it was getting really hard. I mean, it was even to the point that you know, at, at first when I was doing The Professor, I could just rattle off. You know, I went to like, I took it a film class as to where I could be like, oh, Maya Darren, you know. But I was like out of, I had to look stuff up because I was out of stuff that I could just riff on off the top of my head. Maybe. Like, have, I, have I already done that? Like, oh, shit, I have already done this. Like, I already talked about this guy. Like, I can't do my Milos Foreman joke. I did that three weeks ago. I was actually going to ask, was there any, do you ever get any uh, inkling or desire to like just make up something and just throw out like random things and see if they did Sure, I, all the time. It would have been way easier, but I don't know. I, I, I always kind of felt like the core of the bit, like the funny thing to me about it was that if you did, and I don't think anybody was really doing this, but if you did pause it and listen to what I was saying and look it up, it was all like real references. Like I wasn't necessarily referencing them in a way that made sense, but they were all real. Like everything I'd mentioned or every name I said or whatever was all a real person. I don't know I why. Like I put a lot of thought and effort into that. I don't know why, but I really that that was important. No, that's <laughs> I love little Easter eggs like that when it comes to stuff inside of the Schmodown because now it's going to be fun for anyone who's who's watching this right now to go back and yeah. actually go and <laughs> there was, those there names. Was, thought he was maybe making them up. There was one scene I did with Elliot Dewberry where I was like tutoring him and I'm writing a whole bunch of stuff on a whiteboard and everything I wrote, all the names and movements and everything was real, but I was just, they were just random. And I was like writing random. I didn't think anybody was even going to be able to see it in the sketch, but I did. I had people writing me like, Lon, why were you, it's weird that you were saying that those Soviet masters came after the French New Way because they would have been contemporaries. And it's like, oh my God, people are like expecting me to teach them things. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> I, I can't believe people are looking at this stuff and like trying to actually glean knowledge from it. No, don't do that. <laughs> but you can glean a little bit. At least you might look and see if there's really, maybe find a new I mean, world. I mean, if you hear the name Pasolini and then look up his films, there's many great ones. <laughs> but, uh, you know. 
yeah. Well, the professor did lead to some great moments. I still think uh, your match with Cody Hall was one of my favorites. The whole run up with Cody, with him being your student. Yeah. That well, was that... masterclass. Hall of Fame went on more than I think. I mean, I think that I think part of the reason, like some of those matches where they get they get so intense and they're so much fun to watch, it's because it's it's real. Like it's it's not real. Like we're all friends and nobody's you know, nobody's really like a heel and everybody as soon as the camera stops, everybody gets along. <laughs> It eats pizza or whatever, but there is that natural competitiveness and intensity that that people bring. And and I had been told for weeks, Cody doesn't know anything. It's just a joke. He's going to be totally easy. You're going to clean his clock. And then we already had the whole post match narrative written where it's like he's going to lose, but then he'll be like your acolyte, and you'll start to collect people who lose to you, and they'll become your you know your proteges. Right. So they they and they did this on purpose. They they built him up to me as like no problem at all. And then when I got there on the day, he's very good. He really knows his stuff. He's a very smart guy. He's super knowledgeable. I think he got a perfect score on the first round or close to it. So you can see me in my face because it was only my second match ever. I Mark Bernard and I played him first, and then I went right into Cody. And you could see in my face that it's like. Oh, he's good. I might lose, and this is going to be really embarrassing because they've been setting up for forever that I'm like the smartest man alive, and he's just some kid that nobody believes in. And I like realize the narrative in real time that like I'm going to come out of this looking really stupid, <laughs> and, I that, and I think that makes it more exciting to watch because I'm into it. Like I don't want to lose, whereas a lot of the other time it's like, eh, if I lose, it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of like actually a lot like the uh, Andrew guy Dan Merle thing because yes. and I remember Dan Merle got upset uh, very much the same because he thought he was holding Andrew was like a walk over everything else and then of course we saw what happened sure. uh, that's the one that made Christian decide he had to write two storylines from then on because you never yes. knew what was going to go down well, that's exactly what happened with the Cody Hall thing it was with one question off and that whole plan would have gone right out the window Yep. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you you know you never know what you never know what's gonna happen. I mean, I I still believe that. Like, I think almost everybody who competes in the Schmodown at all could is like good enough to beat just about anyone else. Like maybe maybe with with okay. a few, you know, like Rachel, Dan, they're they're very good. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. I think most Schmodown competitors, if they have like a bad day, could lose to almost any other Schmodown competitor if they had a good day. Like no matter how good both people are. Uh, sort of like how they say any given Sunday about like football. I feel like it's sort of the same with the Shmoda. Like people always think that, oh, you know, like Bibiani, he can't lose. He's so good. And like this person struggled, but it's like, ah, you get the right questions, the right day. You never know. Well, we've seen big, big premieres and like everybody's like, oh, next big thing. They're never going to lose. And then all of a sudden a match or two later, they stumble a little bit and, that, yeah, that, I mean, I, I think I think everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And like I was saying about mm-hmm. scores and soundtracks, like, I don't think you always know your strengths and weaknesses until you're smacked in the face by them. Like, I think a lot of the time you can kind of assume you know more about something than you do until you're sort of tested. And I think that that leads to it a lot, that people go in and they're overconfident, let alone the mm-hmm. viewers at home feel like, well, they're going to ace this. And like, yeah, you never really know until the question is asked. You never really know. That's Very true. I, that's what I say. So uh, before we get started, Paul, let me, speaking of uh, one Mr. William Bibiani, uh, Paul had uh, informed me about a little TV fights rivalry that you have had with uh, one Mr. William Bibiani. 
do, do we have a rivalry? We were both on TV fights several times. I don't know. Fill me in. What, what's the rivalry? You seem to have a lot of matches against each other. And, we're just uh, natural maybe. rivals. I mean, we've known it. We, I always, I throw this tidbit out. I bet some people have heard this already. We, we worked together many, many, many years before being at the Schmodown. We both were clerks at a video store here in Los Angeles called Laser Blazer. Oh, um, sweet. This would have been <laughs> from. This would have been like 2005, 2006 era. And even back then, I mean, we were friends, we worked together, you know, but uh, there was already a natural, like who knows more about movies, like a little bit of a natural competitiveness. So I feel like our our whole lives together, we've been sort of people, when, when two people know a lot about movies, it's the natural inclination of everybody like, who knows more, pit them against each other. <laughs> so it keeps I happening. I did listen to an interview that you did with uh, JTE uh, a while back where you all talked about uh, you working with William Bibiani at Laser Blazer, which is a fucking yeah. amazing name for like a video store. Laser Discs. The guy who started it, he oh, was a laser disc repairman. That was his job originally. And then he would go repair people's laser disc players and they'd be like, there's no, where do I go buy laser disc? Where's my laser disc community? There's no good laser disc stores. So he was like, Oh, I'll start one. So he started the, it's like the only laser disc store in Los Angeles. And then of course, over the years, DVDs, Blu-ray, you know, like it had no choice, but to expand. But so that's right. the origin of laser blazer. Well, we actually had a question in the chat that makes sense to do this one. Now was it laser blazer near the West side pavilion? It practice? was, it was on Pico Boulevard right across from uh the west side pavilion this whole that whole stretch of it's all different now this was so long ago but yes that's their thinking of the right place nice. okay. well, how long have you been in california you're not originally from california i believe you did go to college in california correct uh yeah i was born in philadelphia uh lived in philly till i was 10 a little bit of time in atlantic city my grandparents had a place in atlantic city so uh, back and forth uh and then uh yeah when i was 10 we moved to orange county California, a, a town called Irvine. Uh, and I was there until college and I went to UCLA and I've lived in uh, California, LA ever, ever since then. So that was about 1996. Nice. So you're not, uh, you went to California for family things. It wasn't a work thing that like, let me go and try to chase this dream real quick. No, no. I, I grew up in Orange County, which is only about an hour. So basically like right near Disneyland. Like we used Ooh. to go to Disneyland as like, that was where the teenage kids hung out when I was in high school. Uh, that that close to Disneyland, uh, and so yeah, so I, I was already sort of Southern California, and a lot of people from Orange County stay in Orange County, but I always kind of figured I would want to come up to LA at some point. Uh, so yeah, I, I came up to go to UCLA and never never left. Fair enough. Right. Well, you know what? As we went back, I think we should probably like George Lucas. We already started the Smo Down. Let's go to the prequels. How did you get oh. involved in uh, Screen Junkies? Then, like, how did that happen? Oh well, uh, so. <laughs> So I worked at. Let's start at the video store. That's a that's a good that's a good solid place to start. I love that. So segue. after after I left the video store, uh, where I was making eight dollars an hour, so it was like I gotta. I'm like a grown man. This is this is insanity. Uh, so I left there, and then I got a job at this startup called Mahalo, uh, and Mahalo was. You remember Mahalo? You guys remember I, Mahalo? No, I remember. I do What I do for chill is like I go through like I spend maybe like a day and a half just kind of researching every person that's going to be on chill. So I I saw you with Mahalo in a video on something. So that's why. Yeah. I just, oh yeah, that. 
So I was just a writer for them. They, it was the original idea. It morphed and changed a bunch. The original idea was we would make topic pages for things that Google didn't have good search results for. So I was like writing all of these topic pages. We're like, so if you looked up Bob Dylan, Google in the time since we were doing this has adopted all of this. So you get all this from a Google result now. But in 2005, 2006, if you type like Bob Dylan into Google, you'd get, you know, some good results and some SEO garbage. So our thing was like, we're going to make these very neat, pretty pages. So when you look up Bob Dylan on Mahalo, you just get the best stuff. And I was writing and curating those pages. Uh, that did not work at all. Just a total failure. But what the company had done during the time it was experimenting with this thing that didn't work at all was we'd started doing video shows. And this was, you know, pretty early, like YouTube was sort of launched in 2006. We started in 2007. Uh, so we started early experiments with podcasting, with YouTube videos, with all that kind of digital media, right at the point where it was just getting started. So I got really lucky in that I got a lot of early experience doing that kind of stuff right when it was at its early stages. And I got to meet a lot of early YouTubers. And, you know, I, I worked on uh, a bunch of podcasts early on that went on to become pretty successful, like Kevin Pollack's chat show, whatever. Uh, so that that era, I got to learn a lot about doing digital media. From there, I ended up getting a job at a place called What's Trending, which it still mm. exists, a YouTube channel. Uh, a lady named Shira Lazar runs it, and it's like daily updates, but just about the world of YouTube and the web and like, here's what the kids on TikTok are doing. So I wrote that for a <laughs> few years and that whole show was, it was like a daily chat show with YouTubers. So we just, we're always having YouTube people come through and interviewing them and chatting with them. So I got to meet like the whole YouTube sort of world, including uh, a bunch of screen junkies folks when we had them on the show. Okay. And then later they put out like a Twitter call for like, hey, does anybody want to come help us out? Right when, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Screen Junkies Plus a few years yes. ago. So right, so right when they launched their own streaming service, questionable, uh, they brought <laughs> they brought me in to kind of help write a lot of these new shows. Monday Night Raw, Nick Mundy had a show that I worked on. Uh, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes did a show called What's in the Box where they just unbox toys. So I used to write that one. Uh, Jeremy Johns did a game show, movie games. So I, I, I came in to sort of help write a bunch of that stuff. And then I just uh, didn't leave. <laughs> I just kept kept staying. Uh, and eventually, you know, like I sort of took over like Ken Knapsack, who used to work there and produce movie fights. When he left, he kind of left a lot of the movie fights responsibilities on me. And so it just kind of took off from there. And there and there's, there's the story. And that's what it is. I know that there are a lot of people in the community. Um, I found the Schmodown because of movie fights, just kind of just doing a general uh, getting into YouTube and just finding different channels to watch. I was really into Screen Junkies and uh, really into movie fights. And that was how I discovered uh, Schmodown, Popcorn Talk Network, um, all of that stuff. So that's, I, and I know that that's how a lot of people have come into the Schmodown. So big shout out to Lon Harris for being a part of something that brought us all into this glorious, glorious place in here. You're, you're, you're very kind. Uh, I see Ryan uh, Craver here in the comments says, if you worked on Kevin Vox Chat, you must have known Sam Levine. I did. I've known Sam for, uh, for quite some time, including, and that was when we first met, was when he would, uh, he would appear on the chat show. 
Oh, okay. So, well, there's another question that I think I'll throw out there now uh, from Mahalo, I guess, ask you about the bachelor. <laughs> That's my friend Elliot who's asking that question. Uh, <laughs> no, and he's doing it to embarrass me because when we were at, when we were at Mahalo, so originally Mahalo Daily, which was our video show, it was hosted by uh, a lady named Veronica Belmont. She's still very active, does a lot of tech reporting, digital media, podcasting stuff. Um, she was a much bigger deal than I at the time. I was sort of writing and she was the host. Uh, and then we sort of host, you know, I would come on occasionally and help with stuff because she was very busy. It would be on location or whatever. And so we sort of became co-hosts after a while. And then she left. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm the host now. But I'm not like the guy that your website is like, make him the host. So it was like, we got to pair him with somebody. It can't just be Beardo here representing the company. <laughs> uh, so we decided, and this was the early heyday of the reality dating. I mean, The Bachelor was like in its second or third season. It was not like now, if you say we did a Bachelor parody, it's like, oh my God, like it's the hackiest <laughs> thing in the world. But I promise in like 2008, it wasn't that hacky yet. It was still kind of <laughs> hacky, but it wasn't that hacky. So we did a, a fake parody Bachelor style competition to find me a co-host and amazingly a number of the a number of the contestants it was all you know scripted or whatever but a, a number of the contestants have since gone on to uh you know great careers in digital media sarah atwood was on that who produced for telepictures and andrew renee who now does what's good games was on there and a lot of people who ended up having like legit careers and me. <laughs> and and also you me. <laughs> I do want to ask you a question um, about uh, a stuff, something that happened a few years ago to you on the internet. So I'm not sure if this is going to be super embarrassing. But if I gave you. Nicely done, Danny. Nicely done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If I told you the name Jonathan Mann, would you know who Jonathan Mann is? Sure. Song of Day Man. Yes. I, I know. I know Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a snarky thing about him. <laughs> He had made some, I don't even remember the original context. Wow. He had made some video and I, it was like creepy. And I wrote a little, you know, like it, there aren't like blogs anymore. Like people used to have, you didn't have Twitter. It didn't exist yet. Or it did, but it was like, what are you doing? I'm having a sandwich. It wasn't like it is now. No. Uh, and everybody just had like these blogs. It was like after MySpace, but before social media. And I had this stupid blog that I like updated a few times a day and I didn't have that much stuff to talk about. So I just picked random internet things and goof on them. And yeah, I called, I, I made fun of a video that he had made and then he wrote a whole song about me because that was his bit. He wrote a song every day. So I guess, you know, he needed material. So yes, there's a song about me thinking he's creepy, but then it turns it on me. Just playing it. I can't play it because YouTube is weird. So, oh, but that's right. Yes, he'll, he'll you know, copyright strike you. Yes, so that's, that's what it is. But um, I have been listening to that song almost all day long. <laughs> <laughs> you get us in the mood, right? The it mood. is honestly, yeah, and I'm not saying this like to butter him up or anything. Like he's very talented. He's very. <laughs> I shouldn't have been so snarky. A lot of the songs are really good. Like I admire the guy. Yeah, I was just yeah. desperate for content, and I'm, I'm a. I'm a mean person, so it oh, wasn't. It wasn't personal. 
this was also 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago, when, like you said earlier, the whole sphere of like the internet was totally different back then. Yeah, so. there was a lot more of that, like, look at this cringy thing. And it was just, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super proud of that era in, like, I, I think there are better ways to be funny than just picking on random things that you find. But that was where my head was at back yeah. then. Yeah, and it's a good thing to laugh at because it's a seriously cute, catchy song, and it's yes, it's not it's not a mean spirit thing. And he and I, I think we, I, I, I think I still follow him on Twitter. Like I think we, I think we interacted after that, and all, things are all good between myself and Jonathan Mann. That's and he's awesome. still doing it. He still writes songs all the time. I'm gonna now because of that. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and make sure to follow him for sure. Because I don't know, know if he still does one every day. That seems like a lot of commitment, but he's still out there writing songs. I know that. Man, 10 years of a song every day, that'd be a pretty impressive a catalog, I'll say that. Yeah, that's a lot, lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Prince-level songs, I think, at that point. But <laughs> Well, what, do you have a favorite bit that you've done? I mean, I know you've done a lot, but like maybe uh, some, maybe top five, someone you're really proud of that you'd like to get out there more and uh, have people look up. Oh, uh, you know what? Um, you know what I think is fun. Rarely do I think anything that I have written or done is funny. Like I'll, I'll, I'll probably like I'm not Adam Driver bad. Where I'm like I can't look at myself. But I, I don't, I don't think my stuff is funny when I go back and watch it. It's just like I'm broken inside and I, I can't appreciate it. But uh, I'll tell you one thing I do think is funny is Spencer Gilbert from Screen Junkies and I did a series, uh, I think we called it Honest Action, where we would recreate famous action scenes from movies. Like, here's what it would be like if two regular people reenacted this. And we only did two that sort of saw the light of day. We used to do it for this show called Flickbait that was on Screen Junkies Plus. Uh, and we recreated the, do you guys remember the, the pickup basketball scene from Catwoman? <laughs> where Halle yes. Berry and Benjamin Brad are playing, but she's showing off her like cat powers. <laughs> it's incredibly horrible. I highly recommend it. Uh, and then the other one that we did was in Daredevil. There's that Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner playground fight from the, right. from the first Daredevil movie. So though I, I still think those are very funny if you go back because I'm incredibly uncoordinated. Like I was not coordinated when I was in my like early 20s, like my physical peak. It was bad, so I'm 41 now. It's just a disaster. And so me trying to, like, do an Electronachios, like, lift my leg up above my hip, it's just, like, it, it's it's ridiculous. You you have to laugh. So I, I do. I think those are very fun. I would recommend yes. looking those up. Definitely. I will definitely do that. Oh, Chris Adams loved Flickbait, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot of funny – I mean, Flickbait was – it was just us standing around a table being silly – uh, so, you know, like it wasn't, it didn't always work. Like sometimes you'd be watching it like, we're dying, but like sometimes real good, goofy, crazy stuff would like, that's where Dan's character scoops McGee came out of, which has become a, a screen junkie right. classic. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah. So we, 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 we had fun. Good. And people think that's what it's like all the time behind the scenes, and it's very mundane. It's just like four people hunched over a computer trying to think up funny things to say about a goofy movie. It's not It's not nearly as good. 
Oh, that was a big part of my thing. I know you definitely helped write uh, honest trailers and everything else. I've always wondered about the what happened. How does that work? How do you guys do? You like watch the movie like a hundred times and no, break I, it down or I actually usually watch the movie twice while writing honest trailers, and and that is more than most. Like Spencer will watch it one time through and then just jump around and like check out little moments while he's writing it. I like to go through and watch the movie once, just let it wash over me and then i'll go back through and like take specific notes on like because the one one thing to do that that's very important is you gotta think of what are going to be like the runs like what are going to be the things where we're gonna we're gonna pick up on this thing that the movie does like four or five times every honest trailer always has at least one of those kind of runs where it's like there's always like their characters are talking and then something explodes or you know like whatever those tropes are Right. So that's when you go through the second time and you're like making note of the time code every time this bit happens. Like, uh, oh, I was about to give away one this week. I won't do that. But uh, <laughs> like Damn, we had one. No, almost got it out of me. But like, uh, I'm trying to remember what the movie was. But there was one movie we did. Oh, uh, we just did Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And there's constantly mm -hmm. like, we're about to have a meaningful conversation. But then, oh, TIE Fighters, we got to get out of here. And, like, that's how they keep the movie going is, like, nobody ever talks to each other because they're like, no, you don't understand. It's very important. Like, oh, quicksand. And so, like, that was the thing we had to go back through. Like, every time that somebody's about to say something important, like, that literally happens in the movie. As Finn is like, Ray, I got to tell you. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh -oh. oh, we got a frozen lawn. Hopefully that's uh, going to be... Frozen lawn. Frozen lawn. Do 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 do. My favorite um, honest trailer is the one for Super Troopers. Super Troopers was very good. I very love, good. That's that's still one of my uh, favorite movies. So. Well, Super Troopers is a great movie. Anybody else got some? Oh, we're waiting for Lon to get back. If you before he gets us through, I think somebody actually probably what happened was he almost <laughs> slipped. He almost slipped on the uh, on telling the the honest trailer, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got to him before you could do it. Yeah, someone uh, or like got in there. Or Bateman might be around. That's bothered. I mean, maybe yeah, who, uh, who around but. here? Who around Lawn is giving him the technical difficulty problems? <laughs> well, <he laughs> lost for now, so we're just going to vamp for a couple minutes and see what happens. Um, I know one of my most favorite Trump, uh, honest trailers was uh, his Doctor Who honest trailer. It was a huge one. Uh, he had to nice. watch like nine, like seasons nine and ten. Uh, it was. Bizarre and out there, and I was one of, my, one of my favorites. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I just wanted to talk to him about when he gets back. I feel like getting on, into Doctor Who, Doctor Who is taking on a full task. Like it's why I haven't watched Star Trek. Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Who is also one of those things that I just haven't watched because it just feels like so much. Right. I would oh. say we're going to do it. Start with a new Who. Start with like nine, like Doctor Nine, and uh, that's the all stuff. Do that first. And if you still are looking for more after that's over, then you can go back and revisit some of the classic ones. I love the classic ones too, but it just seems like that it's a very much harder sell into because it's a lot of old, it's a little dated as far as like you know special effects and things like that. It's a little slower burn. Um, they're it's kind of weird. They did they had like twenty minute episodes back in the day, and they were done in little arcs. Um, but overall, it's it's really cool. Um, it's really cool that some of the doctors, the best doctors, are from there. But they have some episodes that are missing. We don't have some complete seasons like the first doctor. Some of them are missing because oh, interesting. Like they, uh, they back in the day, BBC used to like just not take care of the tapes and like things got like taped over. And so like I know one of like the last season they had to like create it. They had like the voices for it, but not the actual uh, 
of the actual footage. So they had to animate it, but they animated it, which is the vocal part. Way to go, BBC. So is Doctor Who like most BBC shows where they're super long, but they're very like there's not like a lot of episodes inside of the seasons series? Usually, right now, they're usually 10, 10 episodes. And right now, they're down to 10 episodes. They were up to at one point, maybe 12 or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah, which is still less than like a typical twenty-four episode run season for most American shows. So right, right. Oh, internet just died working on getting it back. Sorry. All right, okay. All right, so he is still coming back. We're just making it work. We're just gonna vamp away. I was really, really trying to get through this this specific stream. That could be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, without having to do a Danny rant. So don't make me do a Danny rant. That's true. That's Ask all all of the questions. <laughs> Got to hit that that thing. Hit that like button if you haven't. I mean, this is per. I mean, this right now is great content. It's just perfect time. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that Paul and I can't give you crazy, awesomely great impressions to um to get you to hit the like button like they did on uh, SCN today, which was great. I loved it. I loved it. But they really did set themselves up to where it's going to be an hour into the stream and there's only going to be 57 I likes. can do an impression of Danny. I can just do like that. Because <laughs> she cries every minute, every episode. At some point, she starts crying. And so I can do something like that. <laughs> did you say Dan or Danny? I'm you. I'm talking okay, you. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, hold on. Did you say Dan Merle? What? Wait, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get us in trouble. We already oh, just got married. We're okay. friends with John Roca now. Um, I, just have a, I, just, I just have a lot of feelings. You do. And I love them. So um, Dan Merle also has a really great Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. So. He does. He does. Um, he you know what i uh, it is not our thing here on chill whenever we get uh, people on. We never really asked it. Like when we had Brett Sheridan on, we could have fucking bombarded him with like, you drunk Brett for us, please and thank you. But we'll, we'll never do anything like that to, to people. But, um, but let's if, be honest, we did get Anaconda Elmo out of it. Like, did. I was going to ask you, yeah. and that was born on this very show. If you missed that episode, no, not at all. He was all over it. We should talk about, oh, so he'd be coming back. Here we go. Hey! Hey! Sorry there about that, go. folks. That never happens. I have usually very reliable internet here. That is perfectly fine. We vamped. We're good. We're back. Where were we? Uh, about? I don't even remember what I was ranting. I was yelling about some nonsense. <laughs> we're talking about honest trailers. We started talking about that because that's what we did. Oh, right. We were talking that. about, yeah, like uh, he's falling through the sand and he's like, Ray, right. got yep. lots significant things to say. So uh, we had a lot of fun with that. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of like my job. Like, I'm not always the guy thinking of the best. Uh, jokes but i'm like the guy who can go back and be like here's when they hit him with the lightsaber again you know like i'm, I'm good for that nice. they're looking at taco he's right here oh get oh taco dog equals rating so oh, oh we love dogs oh, it's taco all right oh, he's been right I there the whole time taco has yeah, it is a great name for a dog. I've long said I want to see a Schmodown cal calendar of all the dogs from the Schmodown. Well, the, the dogs of Schmodown, yeah. There's a yeah, lot. Yeah, Leia, Taco, Snickers, Molly. I mean, absolutely it, need it. It's, well, it's was... money waiting to happen. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. but... <laughs> it's absolutely, dogs equals ratings. Juan, I was telling Paul while uh, while we were trying to get you back in here, Super Troopers is one of my all time favorite. Honestly, mm. it's so good. 
Yes, I, I think that was before my time, almost definitely. Okay. But I appreciate I appreciate it anyway. It, yeah, unfortunate. But your first one was Jumanji, I believe, right? Wasn't yes. the first one you worked Wow, on? how did you know that? Yes, that's Ooh, absolutely correct. The the Robin Williams Jumanji was the first one I ever I ever wrote. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one yourself that uh, you're most proud of? Wow, you know, I really like the we we did for um, Enter the Into the Spider Verse. We got a whole bunch of different people to do different voices, and it was like into the honest trailer narrators, like all the different you know universes. And we had like uh, Felicia Day did a voice, and it was it was a lot of fun to get all all the different Matt Mercer from Critical Role did a voice, and it was really fun to sort of get a whole bunch of different because we got to write all the different like how a different narrators approach the the, the job, and so that right. was uh, that was fun and a really creative one. I really enjoyed. Fun. That was a good one. I was actually, I also said my, one of my favorites was the uh, Doctor Who one you did. Yeah. Oh my God, Doctor Who, geez. I mean, it came out great, but the the pain of putting that together, my goodness. Uh, more for Dan, more for Dan. Like the rest of us, we all split up. Like I did a, I did like a Capaldi season and like part of one other season. Uh, but Dan watched the entire pre-Christopher Eccleston run. Like he watched everything wow. from all the classic who's and he he wrote the classic who one himself. Wow, that's a lot of work. I could not. I, I there's so much like bad cheesy black and white like pretend this matchbox is a spider from space. Like I don't think I could have taken it. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely it is definitely Dave. That was actually another thing we talked about because I'm a hot doctor who free myself. But if people always ask me where to start, I was like, you should start with the new who. And if you really love yeah. it, then you can venture back if you want. But don't yeah, so I mean, I can't really complain. Like I got to watch like you know some David Tennant episodes and Peter Capaldi. It's very like modern sci-fi. It's great. You know, no no argument there. But uh, yeah, wow, that was an intimidating, uh, intimidating assignment for sure. I also really enjoyed uh, The Witcher. We just did The Witcher recently, and that's a lot of fun. I really like doing the, you know, like Netflix stuff and, you know, TV shows. Any chance to sort of break away from the usual format is fun. Right. Absolutely. I like doing that as well. Um, well, you know, talking about, let's go bring it back a little bit to Schmodown and your future in the Schmodown, sure. um, or, or even your potential future in the Schmodown. Now that you've been around for a couple of years, um, it, the game has definitely changed a little bit in terms of you seeing people go from like, like Ben Bateman, for example, is a great example. He went from uh, just kind of winging it to now being probably the guy who studies the most to uh, get his job. Yeah. Have you started studying at all? Like, have you gotten to that level where you're like, I'm going to study a little bit because everybody else seems to be. Uh, no, uh, I mean, I <laughs> like I, I don't. I, I, let me let me let me clarify that. Like, what? I don't I don't I'm never going to be one of these guys that's going to like sit in front of Wikipedia or IMDb or like get the Moulton guide. Like, no offense to Leonard Moulton, a great writer, a good guy. But like, I'm just not going to be that that person. I, I just I don't have the patience. I don't have the time. I just I, I can't do it. But I, I will watch stuff that I might not ordinarily watch because I feel like, oh, there's a chance that this might come up. Like uh, there, there was a, a match that. I don't think it ended up happening because of the unpleasantness that we're going through. But uh, we were thinking about putting Adam Sandler up on the wheel, like as maybe a wheel slice, because both Paul and I know Adam Sandler movies. So that that one, like, I'm I'm not above revisiting bedtime stories or The Cobbler if it means I'm going to remember something that's going to pay off in the moment. Like, I, ha I don't remember those movies very well at all. 
Uh, so that that kind of studying, yes, I will do. But the like, I'm gonna re, you know like memorize page after page of movie release dates. It's like, nah, like I I, I can't. I don't have the patience for that. I, it's just not how my brain works. And Scott Nancy's the king anyway. What do I need to steal his thunder for? Like he's the king of movie release dates. Well, for now, we do have Bateman Man's two coming up since they announced that in the exhibitions. Yes, uh, yes. Want to get that slice back. Those, so that that real slice, yeah. We're not gonna have a Lon Harris binder, is what you're saying, not like uh, no. I just, binder. I mean, I gotta be honest. Like part of my philosophy of trivia, if it sounds ridiculous to say, but like I don't know, it's trivia. It's supposed to be stuff you just know. You're not supposed to study for trivia. I sort of feel like fundamentally, on some level, like you shouldn't study for trivia. The idea is, do you just do you just know this thing? And I'm I'm pretty proud that. Yeah, all of my Schmodan knowledge is just like, yeah, I just knew that. I did not learn that for any reason. It's just in my brain because this is what I dedicated my life to doing instead of like, you know, dating or becoming an engineer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm going to learn everything about Coen Brothers movies. <laughs> <laughs> also a good use of my time. Lon Harris is the purest of the Schmodan world, and I'm here for that. Yeah, I mean, I like you know, it's like it's it's trivia, it's trivial knowledge. Like it's supposed to be stuff you just kind of know, not stuff that you're studying for. Then it's not trivia. Then it's homework. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And yeah. As we know, effort is lame, so we don't. You know exactly. what? Yeah, I mean, it does come from a real place. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you guys. It's not only acting. Yeah, that is, I, I do genuinely feel like that's going to get a lot of people inside of the like. I I understand that we've had the the wonderful opportunity to break a thousand subscribers. Thank you so much, y'all. But um, not everyone watches our show, so like it's not like a something that like will get brought out there. But I feel like that would be a big conversation inside of the fan community for the Schmodown, especially just because like what of a lot a lot of the fans have kind of like taken akin to it and look look at it like like it's a sport in a sort of way. So yes. utilizing those studying techniques and understanding stuff like that is it like that's especially in the fan leagues. And I love the fan leagues. Anyone who participates inside of the fan leagues, don't take this as a display. Y'all are all cool. Really genuinely appreciate every single one of y'all, but y'all take that shit super seriously. <laughs> and that's intense. It's super, it's super intense inside of the fan leagues. And uh, so to hear, to hear you Lon say that like, it's just, it's just fucking there, man. It's just in my brain. Yeah, I mean, I think I came in, like, in the last year where the Schmodan was all, like, people who sort of do this for a living, and they're kind of, you know, a little jaded on it, I guess. And it was the year after I came in that that's when a lot of people from the fan league started coming in, and that's when we kind of, it kind of opened up a little. And yeah, like, those people are taking it very seriously. It's not just like, I'm going to come in on the weekend after work and sort of do this thing. It's like, everything's leading up to this, and I got to win. And like, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't really have that mindset. I, I would do poorly if I had that mindset. I just don't have that killer instinct. Like, I'm able to do well because I keep it like, eh, if we lose, it's no big deal. I'm still going to go have a good afternoon. I'm not going to let that bother me. And I think that's that's actually what allows me to sort of do well. If I was nervous and anxious about doing well, I would mess myself up a lot more, I think. 
Well, it honestly has worked well enough for you. I mean, honestly, I think you're one of the people who have been touted as probably the best two, the best players who have yet to hold a belt category. Um, I think maybe you and Janine are probably the best two so far that have been touted mostly to say that. So, I mean, definitely you can get away with with the knowledge that you have. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's okay. If you want to do it that way, that's that's the way you should do it. <laughs> way I look Fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, but I want to know, like, now that even though it's more fun and everything else for you, is there anybody that you haven't played yet that you would like to get in the ring with, so to speak? You know, I think that everybody who, like, even if I didn't know Dan and sit across from him in an office every day, I think everybody who does the showdown on some level is like, how would I do against, like, the king? Like, how would I, how would I fare against, like, the greatest to ever play or, like, one of the greatest? Uh, and so, yeah, I'd love to try – if I ever got a chance, if I ever did well enough to face up against Dan, uh, it has not ever come up yet. But uh, that I would, I would like to try that. I would like to see. And I'll, honestly, JTE, we were always partners. Uh, but I think that would actually be a great face-off. We have very comparable knowledge sets, JTE and I. And I think head-to-head, -head, it would have been really interesting to see who would uh, would come out on top. I, would I think love other to than that. that, I faced – oh, Rachel Cushing. I never got to go up against Rachel mm -hmm. Uh, she's a friend. She's awesome at the game. It would have been fun uh, to, you know, try my luck there. I, I, she's very intimidating. I think I would have lost, but <laughs> it would have been fun to try. And I think other than that, I think I've gotten to go up against pretty much everybody who I was like itching to test out, you know? I get that. I get usually that. lost, but that's. <laughs> I don't want to say usually, but usually it's not always. 50-50 is what it is. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, okay. All right. I like that. Um, well, have you? I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, um, but because I, I was curious, have you filmed any more matches, or are we not? Are we not seeing any more matches from? No, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say for nobody. Like they may still have a few things in the bank that I don't know about, but uh, definitely nothing with me. Everything that mm. I filmed is now out there in the world from pre-lockdown. Uh, okay. We were like I said. I think it was. Uh, Mid-March, like March 14th, Oyam and I were scheduled to go up against uh, Deep 13, I want to yeah. say, is the other team. Yeah. Uh, so that has obviously been, you know, that, that's been kicked down the road till whenever. And I don't even know, uh, I don't even know, honestly, if like after all this happens, if we're going to keep the same schedule or if Christian will throw a crazy curveball. And I feel like we might, depending on how long this takes... Uh, it, it might just go right into like a tournament or something. We'll come up with what the what the post game looks like. Yeah, actually, yeah, we just don't know because when we come yeah, back. Yeah, so or... who knows? So that that that's what was on the schedule, but I really have no idea what comes next. Okay. Well, have you been? Con I mean, I know Christian did uh, release a bunch of exhibitions he was looking to do. Have you been contacted about any of the exhibition matches, possibly the Streamyard type exhibitions? Uh, I have seen the the tweets go by, and I'm certainly like I'm I'm open to it, but no, I haven't I haven't heard specifically about doing any of those. I don't. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty good, like as an all around player. I I don't know, like all the like deep knowledge ones, like it's a Harry Potter exhibition. Like I get a little nervous. Like I don't have I don't have that kind of specialized knowledge about most of these fan franchises. I have like a generalist's knowledge of all of them. But like Star Trek, like I know the Star Trek movies, I'm pretty good, but like Dan or Mance would destroy me in that. Like it wouldn't even be close. And like Star Wars, like I don't know any of those questions in the Star Wars League. Like I would be horrible at that. And even like inner geekdom honestly is like, 
you know, like Middle Earth questions I would do pretty well. And like James Bond, I know pretty well, but like, boo boy, like some of that other stuff. Again, like Hogwarts questions were just like, I, I don't know. I saw all those movies and some of those names sound made up to me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I, I don't know, like all the exhibition ones, because a lot of them are like really dig into this one niche thing and like, right. uh, not, not my strong suit. Gotcha. I do think there's a missed opportunity we had with a free for all this year. Now you didn't. You had you didn't watch wrestling. I don't know how aware you are. You know. You know Mick Foley is sure. Mankind. Sure. Mankind. Yeah. Because that would honestly be that was a missed opportunity for free for all. How awesome would it be if you pulled a mankind at the free for all and you came out as the professor once, and you came out as the delinquent the next time, and then maybe a lot Harris for the third time? It's like oh, that'd be such a missed opportunity. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of have a plan for, for like I, I know I don't want to give anything away, but like definitely like I, I'm, I'm thinking about ways to bring this storyline to a climax. Okay, okay, I will not ask you anymore. That's a scoop in and of itself. Yeah, I there you go. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I look forward right. to that. About that. <laughs> All right, Daddy, is it time you think? I think it's time. I think it's time, Paul. Chat, you know what it is. You know where we're going into. We're going into one of the most loved segments inside of the Chill to Action show. We are going straight into this or that. If you haven't been here before, well, this is just where I get to ask Lon a couple questions. I'll give him two items, two things, two concepts, and he gets to choose between them. Uh, He can ask for clarification. He can make up his own qualifications. It's really up to him. So some are tailored for him specifically. Some are my usual shtick that I do for the action army. So either way, it's a fun time to be had. And, uh, you know, let's just get going. The first thing we always ask, and I might have to explain it. Sometimes I have to explain it, sometimes not. There's only one right answer. There's only one right answer. That's true. Are you team guy or team trader? Oh, okay. I, I, you don't have to explain the question. I understand the question. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough question. I mean, they're they're both great. I love their their storyline. Uh, you know how how it how it's always played out. I, I mean, I have to say, uh, Andrew Guy has always been one of my favorite characters. I think he's I think he's legitimately a very talented actor, and that and and he he can, he does get under your skin like he, even he's never even like i've never even been in his crosshairs and like i definitely get how if he was after you be like mm, this guy so i'm going to have to go with team guy i don't know if that's the answer you're like oh it is there that is the answer you are we can the move on well done well done all right well let's get this right off the bat now professor or delinquent Oh uh, well, I mean, at this point, I, I'm I'm all in on the delinquent now, and 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 it's been so much fun to play, and it's it's like the opposite, like the professor. I was always thinking about like how do I make this like I got to say more, and it's got to be more esoteric, and I got to put more crazy vocab in there, and it was like hard, it was like a challenge, and the delinquent is like. I literally don't have to say anything. It's almost like the less I say, the funnier it is. So, <laughs> yeah, that. so it's it's great. It's super fun to play because I could just be like, what, dude? And it's funny. Whereas the professor, I did like think of a whole, you know, like thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the delinquent. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. How about uh, poutine or loaded fries? Ooh. Uh, you know, as an American, I'm very tempted to go with loaded fries just for the for for patriotic uh, jingoistic sake. But 
There's a place in Santa Monica one time that I went that did short rib poutine, and it was like the most delicious thing I've ever had in my entire life. So I'm going poutine. Wow. All right. See, I am a loaded fries guy, but that does actually sound very interesting. Oh, my God. It was crazy. And I was like, short rib poutine. Come on. Oh, it's so trendy. Ooh, we can't just have our loaded fries. But uh, no, it was like it was like otherworldly good. And it changed. Oh. It turned me all the way around on poutine. Well, all right, then everybody who can get there, get there and turn yourself around. I don't even It was like a hotel that's like on the beach. In fact, I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Those are the I feel like those are the best food spots, like when you get like a good meal or like a good one thing, but then you just like don't ever remember where it was that you got yes, it. Right. It wasn't like somebody was having like, oh, birthday drinks at this place in Venice. And then I go, I'd never been there before. And I just ate poutine and then I didn't even remember like my name for an hour. <laughs> and then I was like, where was that place? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't exist, but. Oh, the best foods are that too. Definitely. Totally changed oh. my mind on poutine, which I used to think was kind of a like, nah, who needs it? Oh, right. Canada, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about singles or tag team? Oh, you know, uh, I have to say tag team is a lot more fun. I think singles, you feel very like exposed, like it's all, it's all on you and there's no team dynamic which like adds a lot of like you know flavor and makes it kind of more interesting and i'm definitely a, a big fan of uh of teams when when you when you've got a good partner and you sort of there's a good back and forth and you feel like everything's kind of clicking it's a lot of fun and there's somebody to like celebrate with at the end you don't just feel like yeah did it okay i'm gonna go home see you guys later like it, you know it's like you're part of something nice. i like that some question there. So, because you mentioned before how the bit and everything else, do you feel like you can do the bit a little bit more of the teammate because you have somebody there kind of back you up in a way? Is it, or do you still want to cut down on your bit during the game? No, I definitely still have to cut down on the bit. I'm just oh. thinking it's just the way my brain works. Is if I start thinking of jokes, I'll be like, oh, but then I could say that, oh, but what, oh, but this might be funny too. And like, I can't help it. It's just like what I do. And then like, I'll look up and I'll be like, oh, I haven't been thinking at all about who was in mutiny on the bounty. That's. I should probably know. Uh, so, you know, it was Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> you know now. It's not. That's not true. It's the, that he's in the cane mutiny. This is why I can't think about being funny. This is exactly why. Okay. Brando, I think. Brando's in mutiny on the bounty. I'm not a player. That's why I'm not a player. I'm, not a I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> I'm correct. Brando's in mutiny on the bounty. Bogart's in the cane mutiny. Look it up, folks. Well, fact checkers in the chat, that I'm sure they will, and they'll let us know they tend to do See, that. See, they yeah. say I don't want study. Come on. <laughs> See? <laughs> All right. It's going to be the next job for someone on chill is to be a fact checker, and then we'll like have to have like a fact check corner at the beginning. Now, Kelsey, of Kelsey's back behind the scenes. You could do that right now. Kelsey could do that. And be uh, like, Kelsey's back behind the scenes. <laughs> it's great on movie fights because I get to have a laptop, so I get to just look it up, and then I seem smart even though I just looked it up. And <laughs> I didn't actually have to know it. This is a lot more challenging. Oh, there you go. The can uni is fucking amazing. How many scoops of ice cream and cherries? According to Jake Yacovella. Okay. Uh, how about trivia or the character, which is more up your alley? Oh, uh, you know, I, I love the trivia. I, I'm not, I am not a, I'm not a like improv guy by trade. I actually find it like 
it's kind of it's kind of stressful. Like it's fun, but it's also like <laughs> I don't. It's not like a release for me. Like I, I think some people, like comedians and actors, like that's their like joy is getting up on stage and like that's when they feel complete or whatever. Like I am not. I love having acted, and then people can watch it and they'll be like, "You were funny," and I'm like, "Well, thank you very much." Like I like that part. I don't like the having to do it. I find it very stressful. But trivia is fun. It's like ask me a question. If I know the answer, I feel smart. Uh, it's like a game. So yeah, I definitely like the trivia part. Uh, and that was, th that was the real appeal of Schmodan to me in the beginning. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to go get so this character and it's going to be a real acting challenge. Like I, and it was going to be fun to sort of like, I've, I, I've had all this knowledge for my whole life. Here's like finally an opportunity to like use it and lord it over people. <laughs> I love that. Lord, over wow, you too, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, since you did that whole Doctor Who watch along, I know you didn't quite say you said Capaldi era, but I'll go with David Tennant or Matt Smith as Doctor Who. Oh, definitely David Tennant. I don't, I, Tennant. I, I don't, I, I, like the, the writing itself, it's not like a, a knock on the Matt Smith seasons as a whole, but eh, I never really connected to his take. David Tennant and Capaldi, I, I, I love both of those guys in that part. They're like my two favorite who's. Uh, so yeah, definitely tenant over over Smith. I don't know. Something about Matt Smith is just like he he's like he's too alien. Like the others, they're aliens, but there's like a lot of humanity to the way they play the alien. And Matt Smith, I feel like, is more just like an alien. Yeah, I have a hard I time emotionally that. connecting to him. Well, then let's pick that sub-question. Tenet or Capaldi? Those were your two favorites. Ooh. Uh, I, I still think I would probably go Tenet as my favorite doctor, but I think Capaldi has some of my favorite episodes. Like, I think I like the show in the Capaldi era. The Capaldi one where he's, like, stuck in that, like, dimension and he's got to, like, knock the wall down and, like, chip away at it a little bit at a time over, like, millions of years or whatever. Like, that's right. awesome. Like, that's maybe my favorite episode. And Capaldi's great in that. Uh, but I, I think overall, like, I think I, I'm most partial to David Tennant in that role. I get both those. I get both that stuff. I love David Tennant as well. I do think Capaldi was underrated. He kind of got a little flat. Yes, he I agree that Capaldi's very underrated. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just like David Tennant also. Like, I like him in Broadchurch. Yeah. I like him in Jessica Jones. I think, it, I think it's also partly just I like David Tennant. I even like him in Bad Samaritan, even though that was a crappy movie. I didn't see that. <laughs> He he made it good. It was, if it was anybody else, it wouldn't have been good. But he he did a good a good role. Yeah, there, so I would say so. bad things. I avoided it. It's not it's not a very good movie. But that's what I. He's good. Exactly. Exactly. He's good. So okay. Uh, how about this? The uh, Game of Thrones ending or the Lost ending? Ooh, uh, Lost. I gotta say, I'm gonna go with the Lost ending. The, okay. I, and but I but it's interesting because I kind of have similar thoughts on both shows which is i think that the it's the final seasons that are disappointing as opposed to the individual episodes like i think the last episode of lost is actually really good and like the beat that it ends on with jack and like the same position where he started the show great it's, it's great it's just that they did that weird like sideways universe thing in the last season that's not satisfying and it feels yeah, like a lot. It feels like a lot of distraction. Like we don't want to deal with like what was the deal with Walt and what about all the pregnancies? Like we're, we're gonna let all that drop. But instead, like look over here. Why is everything sideways? And uh, I don't like that. It feels like a little bit of sleight of hand. And it's kind of the same thing with Game of Thrones. Like I don't think what they did is bad. Like I don't think the way that Game of Thrones worked out would necessarily have been terrible. I just think it was like 
they just screwed it up. They just went too fast. And like some of those episodes just kind of like fumbled it and they didn't like get where they needed to. Um, so I think like they get a lot of heat, like it was just conceptually bad, but I don't, I don't think it was, I think for lost, it was just like, they kind of tried to pull a fast one on us and I didn't go for it. And the game of Thrones, they were just like hustling to get to the end for some reason. And it's like, you don't need like take another season. Like nobody's rushing you. I don't know what the, I don't know what the hustle was about, but uh, so yeah, that's kind of, but having said all of that complicated stuff, uh, I, I still think I, I probably like the ending of Lost the best. Nice. The final episode, at least. So really, just really quickly, um, I see that that very nice fancy bookshelf behind you. Have you read any of the Song of Ice and Fire books? Uh, I have. I read the first one. I bought all of them, and then I read the first one before all of this lockdown stuff happened. I really haven't been able to sit down and focus on, I'm going to crack that next book. Uh, so I'm only one deep, but I, I my, my thing was always... I wanted to like finish the show. Like I got so far into the show that I was mm -hmm. like, well, now I just want to finish this version. I don't want to get like partway through this version and then start reading this version and it'll all get jumbled. Like ah, that didn't sound good. So I was very dedicated mm -hmm. to like finishing the whole show and then I want to pick up and, and read the books. And I'm just, that makes sense. but no. actually this whole bookcase behind me, those are all Blu-rays. So oh, okay. don't be, don't be fooled. Don't, be fooled. <laughs> don't think I'm reading. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be lame. Uh, trivia, not books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no book trivia. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Except, say you this. sound ridiculous right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I think, for Game of Thrones when they lost the, when they went past the Martin story, they didn't have the source material. That's where it all kind of started to go fast because they didn't have the depth of knowledge that was in the books originally. Yeah, That's I mean, I feel like I definitely can see that in. I, can, I definitely can see that in, in some ways, but I don't know. It just, it feels like what they had was pretty good. I mean, there, there were things I didn't like, but uh, I feel like in general, I didn't feel like it was like a total disaster in terms of the story. Yeah, it was just, either. they didn't take the time to actually have it play out in a way that felt organic or satisfying. And so you just got a lot of these like sudden huge turnabouts and you're just like really like i don't what what's the deal with that like why i don't know if that character would do that in that moment um whereas if you had taken another episode or two to sort of build up to it it might have it might have worked uh the one that and i i know we made fun of this a lot uh at screen Jacks, which is why it stands out to me but like Tyrion has that whole speech about you know the the great great king has to have a great story and who's got a better story than <laughs> bran it's like wait yeah. what and it's like not the you couldn't have made that make sense, but like it's so sudden that it's funny, and that's not what they right. wanted it to be. So well, that's exactly yeah. what I feel. Like. I felt like it was like it went from like a story that was well developed, and they kind of went the last season or two or a couple of things were kind of more like, like that's the outline. This is the outline. The bullet points were hidden. Not gonna yeah. worry about how we get there. Really, just kind of like yeah, okay, I this mean, has got to happen now. <laughs> the only story thing that I was just like wow, I hate this. Like, this is wrong. Was Euron Greyjoy showing up? Like, I'm going to kill you, Jamie Lannister. And it's like, oh, what? These guys even know who each other is? Like, I don't, I am not invested in this rivalry at all. Like, you could not come up with a Westeros rivalry that I'm less invested in than, like, you're on the wacky sea pirate and Jamie <laughs> Lannister, the captain of the Kingsguard. Like, what? That's, I, it was just so out of left field. It's there, like, Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But um, as 
as a, I've read all of the books, I would love to hear your take on how you feel about what goes on in the books versus what has happened inside of the series. Because especially with like Euron Greyjoy's character specifically, like they fucked that character up so much. Like he's a total badass inside of the book. Um, but the that's so funny that you say that about him and Jamie Lannister together because there's they they don't the spoilers i'm super sorry they don't interact anywhere like at all inside of like the what we have going on right now so watching that on screen was super weird and super funny but i totally agree with you like that whole yeah. you're on Greyjoy just for the whole show is really fucked like he's a super scary dude he's a very scary dude and they did not portray that in the film in the TV show at all yeah like he's like punk pirate guy or whatever like i didn't i mean i thought I thought it was fine at first. It was just like he shows up and he's like, oh, at last, I'm going to kill Jamie Lannister. It's like, did you guys forget that you didn't write this part? Like, that's not right. a thing. Like, right. that's literally not a thing. He's never, we've never heard him express this before. Like, he liked Cersei, wanted to be married to Cersei, but that was like the power, not because it's like, oh, I'm going to get your brother for this. Like, and it's so ridiculous. Um, right. Anyway. Like an evil, an evil version of Jack Sparrow. All of a sudden, that was like, yeah, and it just like doesn't. Um, I don't know. In that moment, yeah. it really didn't play, and it just felt like, well, we gotta Euron's wash it up to shore. But the other thing is, you could have killed him at sea, and it would have been like fine. We all would have been like, well, Euron's right. dead. Oh well, there he is, floating. <laughs> He's dead. And then, but like they purposefully had him wash up to sea so that Jamie could kill him pointlessly in that moment that nobody was waiting for. Uh, like they had access to that beach for like three hours and they're like, let's go shoot a thing. Let's just right. try it out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I got a few more. I'll get back and we totally derailed from this or that. So let me go back to that. Uh, favorite tag team partner, you know, is it Paul, John, JTE or something? Oh, it's like, you know, don't, don't, that making me choose between like people <laughs> I know and like, uh, you know, I mean, Jonathan's my brother, so he's my favorite person that I've been partnered with on a team, but, uh, I'm also, uh, I'm 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 really excited to be on uh, on final exam with Paul. I don't want to not say Paul because we're we're currently a team, and I feel strongly about what we're doing. But uh, I'm not going to choose between those two. So fair enough. I, you don't have to. I'm just got to throw it out there. Got to make it. I got to ask Chill the hard question. Action. <laughs> All right. Uh, in honor of the Harris brothers, I'll go with this one: uh, Sir Richard Harris or Ed Harris. Ooh, great, great question. Uh, both, both, both awesome. Um, Wow, Richard Harris, uh, a legend, man called horse. He sang MacArthur Park, uh, an icon, but gotta love Ed Harris. Ed Harris, one of my favorite working actors. Just enjoyed him on West in Westworld on Sunday night. Uh, a history of violence, so great in that movie. Um, I'm gonna go with Ed Harris. What the hell? That's a perfect Apollo answer. Paul Thirteen. You know, he's Ed Harris. He's a legend. Yeah, he and Michael, he and Michael Bean Bine, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but uh, they've got like the greatest scene in action movie history in The Rock. The, the washroom the, sequence? Yeah, like, I cannot give that order. You tell your brother to stand down. It's like so perfect. You walked in the wrong goddamn room, Commander. Yeah. It's, it's like the, everything Michael Bay in one moment. Uh, Lon, this, is a, this is actually part of uh, an action army bit. In <laughs> So, that scene um, in the rock where they're yelling about I cannot give that order. No, Nuzio <laughs> being the biggest Ed Harris fan ever. 
because he's my favorite actor of all time. <laughs> favorite actor of all time, and um, any opportunity that Paul gets to talk about Ed Harris, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go. take it. I'm gonna Sarah, take we it. are not related, but we do share a last name. Unfortunately, unbelievably but... directly related. Not Perfect. a Jew. Not a Jew, Ed Harris. <laughs> you should be. You know, yeah, the uh, the Hanukkah song as Adam yeah, said. He's no. not a Jew. Right? No, definitely. Yeah. Yes, Kelsey. It is true. It is an understatement. I do love it. It's very true. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to, here's another action army one for you. Uh, I, I'm going to predicate this. I'm, I believe you've probably seen Warrior, correct? Yes. Movie Warrior. Uh, okay. Right. Yes. The MMA uh, film. Yeah. Yes. Brendan or Tommy? Oh, it's been a little while. Uh, who's who? Who's Which actor is Joel Edgerton? Is Brendan. Brendan. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm going with Joel Edgerton. I will go with okay. Brent. I don't, I don't remember the film well enough to give you a really good answer on this one. I'm sorry. Okay, that's it's a good movie. Right. It's been a little while. Okay, great. okay, I'll end up with one final one. And uh, you kind of asked for this, I'm not going to lie. Cake or pie? Oh, wow, I did. I, think <laughs> I you know what? And I, I have famously, or not famously, but I have, I've really reversed on this. As a kid growing up, I loved cake. I would definitely have said cake. As an adult, it's really transitioned, and now I'm all about pie. Uh, much, much, but I would definitely take a slice of pie over cake like ten times out of ten today. Yeah. Especially if it's like a good, if it's a good pie that I like. Like I'm not, I'm not like pumpkin pie, like not my favorite pie. I still enjoy it, but like an a slice of apple pie, a slice of cherry pie, a slice of banana cream pie. Oh yeah, perfect. Delicious. Uh, there you go. I'm all about pie. Like, I am. I, it's true. I really came. I really came around. I came late in life to pie. I I can't wait to watch the delinquent come out um, during a showdown match. Just eating like pie, like one of those <laughs> pies that you get at a grocery store that has like, like a key lime pie and just like taking heaping spoonfuls. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and then just like throwing it like on the ground. I like this. I like where your head's at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give you like, as much as we can back. So. Yes. Yeah, well, that'll be the end of this or that. So you made it through unscathed and some yeah. good answers. So. Great. Revealed a little bit of my lack of knowledge of Warrior, but that's all right. No, that's it's right. really fine. Okay. Warrior is a big, weird action army sort of thing. It is our go-to movie for anything. Breakup, life. <laughs> a great breakup movie, Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Guy, when I had a breakup and spent like four months on Ben Bateman's couch watching Warrior. This is a story oh, he's told over and over again. Fair enough. That is the action army story. So now, chat, you all know what this means at this point right now. Um, make sure that if there are any questions that you had asked earlier in the stream that we did not put on screen or did not get to ask one, make sure that you come back to this question three, type them in. So our sweet baby Kelsey can go ahead and put them on the screen for us. Big shout out to Kelsey Kirkland, who does our chill to action background stuff. She is part of the crew. She is in the back. She is always here with us. So if you are here hanging out, hanging out with us on chill to action, you are not only hanging out with me and Paul, you're also hanging out with Kelsey. So please send her some love and make sure that you get those questions in for a Because they've scrolled away. Because they've scrolled away by now. Scrolled away. So that's what it is. And now that like a lot of people are doing this 
this big streaming things. I guess it's totally, it's always been cool for us to say this. So what happens on StreamYard, if anyone who isn't familiar with StreamYard is out there, we can see your questions inside of StreamYard, like in our app, we're not on YouTube, we're in StreamYard. We can still see everything that goes on in the chat, but after a certain time that chat disappears. So we cannot just timestamp something and then scroll back into the chat and then answer that question. So please make sure that you send in your questions again right now if you asked anything earlier, get them in so Kelsey can do that. And while you all do that, I'm just gonna, gonna go ahead and plug myself real quick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Danny Joy, D-A-N-I-E-E-J-O-Y. You can find me there. You can find me here on the Chill to Action Show every Monday with my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Denuzio. Here on the Call to Action Network, Chill to Action has a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, I cannot wait for y'all to see that. And I'm going to go ahead and let Paul plug all of that stuff as well because he's got a lot of stuff to plug. And not that much, but okay. I will say our next show, our Chill to Action, if you come to us, we are trying to get the best guests for you every week. Uh, our next guest is a big one. We have a, I was actually very excited that we were able to book him. Uh, we are going to be bringing on, bringing on Ethan Big Time Irwin next week. Yeah. So that should be a fun, fun match. Yeah, yeah. And then the week after that, uh, as of right now, we are going to be getting Miss Movies herself, Brianne Chandler. So that should really be another fun interview for us. Um, and what else do we have? Uh, what's our Schmobits this week, Danny? What? We have it in here. Schmobits. We have the picture. I d we do have it somewhere. I'm so sorry, Alex, that I don't know this. But really quickly, while we kind of talk about Schmobits, so Lon, do you know about Schmobits? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, totally, that's totally fine. So Schmoke okay. is, uh, is a show that we do on our channel on the Call to Action Network, which is basically movie fights. How for dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. I'm out of here, but <laughs> no, it's, fine. It's, so. it's No, it's movie fights uh, uh, in the Schmodown world. So all of the questions that are on oh, there, I see. on uh, Schmodown events, uh, Schmodown characters, and uh, anyone who's involved inside of the Schmodown world, Alex McFarlane, Alex Shashek, she is doing a wonderful job with Schmo Bates. So her and a guest host have two competitors on, and they just kind of go through the, they go through these three questions and just have at it, movie fight style, and it's great. And we have a lot of fun with it. And Alex is fucking crushing it. So hopefully one day Lon will be able to get you on there for sure. There we go. Next week, James White versus Robert Parker. And then the week after that, I'll announce it here too. We, I know it's not, I don't think we have a thumbnail for that one, but it's going to be the dungeon breaks loose. It's going to be Kevin Smets versus John Kaiser. So that should be another fun one. So, um, And then, uh, what else? First, my, I have opened my own YouTube channel called PLD Projects. I believe Kelsey put that in the chat already. Thank you very much for that. Um, and I work on Andrew and Ben's Patreon and do a show called Class Action, Class Action on the Action Industries YouTube channel as well. So that's it for that. Danny, anything else? Should we go to the chat? Yeah, chat. Let's hit it up. Send in those questions. Make sure you get them in there, y'all. So Kelsey, whenever you're ready, if you can throw on uh, the first question you got. Question on the Dan Cam, Merle or Radford from Jake Yapibella? Uh, a, a tough one because the near and dear to both of my hearts, but Dan's a killer at the at the table. I think the ultimate, if you were putting together the ultimate movie fight, you want Dan fighting and you want Radford and me uh, snarking on them from the cheap seats over to the side. <laughs> to me, that's like, that's the ultimate. That's what you ultimately want. So yeah, on the, on the, on the couch with me, 
Uh, I got to go with uh, Danielle Radford. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. Great. She's great. She like her commentary and everything that she does. Like anytime she hosts anything on on the Schmodown, I fucking love to see Danielle come on there. And it's she's wonderful. Smart. Yeah, we, we have a lot of fun over there in the corner while they're doing movie fights. Perfect. <laughs> Camera's not on us most of the time. We can just. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, next, JTH. We love JTH. Good to see you in the chat, bud. How did the talks go to bring Jonathan into this road out? How did you bring your brother in? Uh, well, it was, I mean, it was literally, you know, we, we had all of this sort of back and forth. That, that Josh was, he was feeling better and he wanted to come on. And then, you know, it was, it was back and forth. So we really were in like a time crunch where there was a match coming up in a few weeks. And JTE realized he couldn't do it. Uh, and so we were just kind of scrambling. And uh, Simon Thompson, who ended up partnering with me much later uh, for a match, he was sort of already, we were like, oh, should we call Simon? Should we see if that's going to work out? And then I just realized, like, you know, my my brother does know a lot about movies. And he's more of an improv. He does, like, UCB. And, like, he's actually in the improv comedy world, whereas I am not. Uh, as you can probably tell. So uh, it was like, well, let's bring him in. He'll class this thing up and actually like maybe help me out with the comedy a little bit in the moment. Uh, so that was really the origin of that idea. And then, you know, he did, he did really well. Like he, I think he, he kind of got a little intimidated and sort of stepped back from the competition, but I think he could be just about as good as anybody else in the Schmodown if he got more used to the sort of format. Like he's, he's a very knowledgeable guy. Nice. Do you think he'll be back? Do you think he'll get him back on? on? Yeah, I mean, I think in some context, for sure, he will definitely be back. Like, what exactly? Will it be competing? Will it be managing? Will it be some other commentating, some other kind of role? Like, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be gone forever. Good. Nice. Good. You already have a nickname for him? Uh, well, he, he had one because it was, like, when we were – I don't, I don't remember what it was. He had one, but I feel like because I've done the delinquent thing, when he comes back, the, the stage is set for him to also reinvent somehow, to come up with his own. Like, now he's not tied to the Harris brothers and right. you know, whatever intellectual sort of bit we were doing. So, uh, yeah, I feel like sky's the limit. He could come back with just about anything. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Dean Morgan. How much are you missing not seeing your fellow screen junkies with everything going on? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, a lot. Like, I, I, I'm not. I, I work remotely a bunch. Like, I already have like a job in the mornings that I do before I go into screen junkies most days, and I do a lot of other freelance work. So, screen junkies is really my only like set committed outside of the house. Like, go to work and go work with those guys in the afternoon. So, not doing that is like. You know, like it, it, it's very isolating to just be working from home all the time and have no contact. And I mean, we're on like a Slack all day and we're still writing stuff collaboratively. So it's not like total shutdown, like I'm in solitary. But yeah, I mean, I'm used to going in every afternoon and hanging out with uh, those people and goofing around and making jokes and watching movies. And so, yeah, it's been a big, weird change to not do that at all and just send them emails. And I mean, we're still trying to joke about Tiger King and Slack, but it's not, it's not the same. Right. And, you know, we <laughs> hang out, we hang out in zoom like once a week just to, to catch up and here's what did you watch? And here's what, like, that's a big part of our job that you don't think about is that we're in the same room 
every day. So if I like watched Sonic the Hedgehog last night, I go into work and be like, did you guys see that Sonic the Hedgehog? And we just start talking about it. And like a lot of the jokes and ideas come out of those conversations that we just right. don't have now because I watch Sonic the Hedgehog and then I wake up and I say to Taco, like, can you believe that Sonic the Hedgehog? And it's just not, it doesn't have the same repartee, you know? He's not, <laughs> right. he doesn't yes and Taco. It's Terrible at yes anding. <laughs> All right, PC, favorite spot in Los Angeles you're missing so bad in this quarantine. So time. many. I miss going around my city and doing things. Uh, I've mentioned uh, the Vista Theater, which is right up the street from me and which is one of Los Angeles' great old movie houses. I go, I go see a ton of my first-run movies there, and it's like I can walk there. It's right up the street. It's like an old you know, like 30s, 40s movie house. Uh, oh, yeah. I really miss that, like just as a ritual of just going to the Vista and seeing movies. And there's a downtown, there's a, in downtown LA, there's this amazing place. If you're ever in LA, I highly recommend visiting it. It's called Grand Central Market. And it was actually in like the early days of Los Angeles. This was like the first like open air, like farmer's market, like right near the center of the city. And now it's become this really like cool, like there's still the old, food stalls and like local vendors, but also like a lot of cool restaurants and food places have sort of set up in there. So it's like amazing and any kind of food you could think of and it's all delicious. And I like to go there for lunch sometimes and I haven't been able to in a long time and it's a, it's a shame. Uh, but it's a great, it's a great place. Like a very like tourist friendly. If you're coming to LA, I highly recommend Grand Central Market. And it's right at the, t at the bottom of uh, the Angels Flight, which is one of the last funicular railways in uh, the country. You know, funicular railways, those are like those trains that go like down the hill on top of the hill, down the track. Gotcha. Uh, right. Yeah, there's one of those, a, a historic one in LA called Angels Flight that still operates. Um, and you know, from the top of Bunker Hill down to, and it goes right into Grand Central Market because, and I'll shut up after this because I know it's a long answer. Uh, in the early, like in the late Victorian, like 1890s, 1900s, 1910s, all the richest people in LA lived at the top of Bunker Hill downtown, and that was their market. But you couldn't take your like groceries up this crazy hill to the rich people house where you lived. So they had to build this like railway. So these like the ladies in their big crazy dresses could like ride the railway to go back home. Railway, yeah. Right, absolutely. <laughs> a little LA history for you. That's we should nice. visit that if we go for spectacular. Maybe we will visit that. Uh, Ryan Kramer, could they ever do an honest trailer for the Schmodown? And has it ever been discussed? Uh, you definitely could. I mean, you could do, you could apply the honest trailer format to pretty much anything that's like filmed. I mean, we've done them for weird live shows. We did one for like the Star Wars holiday special. And uh, one of my favorites is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour, where they did that live tour of guys in the turtle <laughs> costumes. So if we could do an honest trailer for that, we could definitely do one for the Schmodan. As for, has it ever actually been discussed? I'm not sure. It'll be a lot of work because somebody would need to go through a lot. I mean, you're talking about years and years of videos now. And to really do a good job with an honest trailer, you kind of have to put eyes on all that stuff. Like you don't want to miss the really good clips that highlight the joke you're telling. So that would right. be why it's intimidating. We need like, a, we need some helpers to come in and like watch all of season three and like pull the best moments for us. That feels Paging like- chronic. <laughs> Paging no, Eric Rodriguez yeah. nerd chronic. That's what we yeah. got. <laughs> I mean, definitely. Like super fan dream right there to help 
create a schmodown uh, on Australia <laughs> like that. Yeah. There's a lot uh, of us so- in the community that know a lot of weird random knowledge about the schmodown. So that would that would be fun for like so someone do it, please. Yeah, I mean like that's that's kind of the process without giving away too much of the secret sauce. Oh I'm sweating. Uh it would be like, you know, like The Witcher. Like, you, we watch all the episodes, and then, you know, it's like trope tracker. Like, well, what are what are the things we know we have to, like, well, songs, the bard singing, and then, like, baths. They're constantly taking baths. And, like, oh, the monster, but it turns out humans are the real monster. And, like, so you start <laughs> making a list of all of that. And then, you know, you have to go back through and, like, watch it all and be like, what are the moments that line up with this joke? So, yeah, I'm sure there are people who have that level of knowledge about the showdown and could sort of do that. It's just not, it's not this guy. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, anything? I'm Dean Morgan again. Where did you get the idea of using Gangster's Paradise for the professor? Also known as the Ugly Sonic. Oh, the Ugly Sonic <laughs> uh, That was me. I, I think it was, I knew right away that it was going to be uh, an inspirational teacher movie. Like Christian's first thought was like the Amadeus soundtrack or like something classical. But I had this idea like, no, no, it's got to be like Lean On Me or Stand and Deliver or like one of the one of the many inspirational teacher movies. And then that was just the one that I thought worked best as entrance music. Uh, and it's just such an iconic song. And it's so like, it's cool and like it's kind of badass and like it's instantly recognizable, but it's also ridiculous. And like I kind of liked that combination that it's like it's a cool song, but it's also like Coolio and he's like <laughs> talking a lot of crazy nonsense. And you just remember the the, the video with like Michelle Pfeiffer turning the chair <laughs> around. And it was just so silly that it was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I um I know every single word to Gangster's Paradise. So uh, as soon as you watch I know, it, uh, that song. I'm sorry. I know every word to Amish, Amish Paradise. Um, actually, yes. a, weird a lot of people thought that. Like again, it's like an age differential thing. But I did. I got a lot of comments that were like, "Why are you coming out to Weird Al?" And it's like, <laughs> uh, it's another song from before. That that I don't know how I necessarily feel about that. Like because I've I've definitely listened to Amish Paradise, but like Dangerous Minds was a movie that I watched when I was younger. That actually kind of impacted me because I've grown up in like a low-income area and stuff like that so all of that was kind of relative for me at the time and watching all of that so honestly like that movie was one of my favorite movies growing up for so for to just think about anyone thinking of uh Weird Al before they think about Julio is (laughs) kind of yeah, it's just weird. It's like I think of I, I, you know, obviously I remember Amish Paradise. And it was, but it was like such an afterthought to the massive success of Gangsters Paradise. It was like the one of the biggest songs that came out that year. It was, yeah. and also like paired with it was right on top of like Fantastic Voyage. It was like the the, the heyday of Coolio. Yeah, it seems like who yes. for, forget Coolio. And yeah. this movie says hey, Lon. So yes, I agree, but that's that's my I'm the weirdo. Like I I love weird out growing up. So I, I I knew both, but no, I mean I, I did too. But uh, it, I mean it's just also like well, obviously no song is like a weird out. Well, I guess there are some, but it's yeah. a parody of something else. Like they're not right. original numbers. There there are like dare to be stupid's a weird out song. Yeah. Um, did okay. So not a lot of people watch Thirty Rock. Did you ever watch Thirty Rock, the TV sure. show? Yes. Okay, so that one, the the backpack song that Weird Al did for Thirty Rock. Yes. I can't remember any of the words right now, but and no. it, but it's well, hilarious. There, I mean, like, every Weird Al album has like three or four. Like they're kind of like 
they they're parodies of like the style of another song, but they're like original songs. Like Frank's two thousand inch TV is an original, and uh, yeah, I was only kidding. You know, I, I could probably keep you going. You don't love me anymore. Was one of my you favorites. don't love me anymore. There you go. <laughs> I will say really quick. I, I know it's not a weird thing, but if you ever go to see Weird Al in concert, his band is amazing because he has all these genres and all these things, and they like that. They're tight, but they do it. And it sounds just like the original, but it's all these different genres uh, like mixed together. So it's a good. Yeah, I've seen lonely, I've seen Lonely Island talk about this. Where like Lonely Island, they've got this theory that it's the parody is only funny if you get like you have to get really really close to the thing right. that you're parodying. Like if it doesn't sound quite as good as like the rap song, then it doesn't work as a parody. And I think Weird Al like really got that. <laughs> like I can't just be like, oh, you get it what song it's supposed to be it's got to be like it sounds exactly like that song and so yeah they have to be good to make it like to make the comedy work right i get it i agree so all right kelsey next all right so from swag squad drip drip um this is this is me um i typed this swag squad. <laughs> that's the biggest uh weirdest uh thing that goes on inside of the chat is who is swag and swag is me it is me. We don't know who Swag is. He's no. a very uh, hidden person. So it is. But oh, it's, it's not me. you. I believed you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a running joke. That's all of us at one point. I was like, oh, well, she's Swag. All right. All right. So from Swag. I assumed it was Winston. Is it not Winston? Oh. <laughs> I did. And so Swag in the chat earlier said, if anyone can figure out who they are, they'll get them a T-shirt. It wow. from the looks of it, it doesn't seem like uh, anyone has figured that out. Not yet. Uh, not yet. My favorite. What's your favorite match you've competed in? <laughs> uh, let's see, huh? I mean, this past one uh, against the experiment was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed that. We we did really well, I thought. But I think that match it was me against Ethan Irwin, the first and only time we've gone head to head in singles. Mm -hmm. uh, we later went back and did like a commentary. At the time, it was one of the, if not the highest scoring singles match. It was up there. Mm -hmm. uh, right was was very intense uh right down to the wire uh yeah I, I i would say that's probably the most fun match i've ever uh i've ever been a part of even though i lost i'm, I'm gonna go pick that one even though i went down at the five point question uh still just like an unbelievable like back and forth the whole time where it really felt like it was going to be anybody's game Swag is Swag is he's been right Good here thing. the whole time folks i can promise you <laughs> I haven't let him near the keyboard. <laughs> Definitely not him. Um, <laughs> the, the, the question of the night, Lon I'm glad this oh, came God. up because I have some thoughts on this. It's certainly like, like she she strikes me as she definitely knows more than she's letting on. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think she's a good liar in that. You know, she's trying to be kind of coy about it. It's like, you know what happened. But I don't necessarily think it's that, like, she killed him. And I definitely don't. The, the fed him to the lions thing is like, or the tigers, like, they want to believe that. They're, they're just all tiger guys. I don't think that sounds right at all. That she fed her <laughs> husband to the, for the tigers. I, I think what it sounds like is that he was making all of these trips. Where was he flying? Uh, Costa, Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. It sounds like there was maybe some cartel stuff, some drug running stuff, some smuggling stuff. It sounds like maybe he was into some business that he shouldn't maybe have been into with some very shady types and that maybe something like that happened to him. 
And, but I feel like Carol has a clue about what it was. Like, I don't think she's a huge dummy and was like, he just kept going to Costa Rica. Like, no, you knew what he was doing down there. He wasn't just randomly. Nobody's husband is like, I'm going back to Costa Rica, babe. See you in a few weeks. They're like, bye-bye. Like, that's not, there was something more to that whole thing. So I think there's definitely... There's definitely more to the story along that, but I don't know if it's necessarily like Carol Baskin specifically like paid some guy to like chop up her husband and feed to the tigers. Like I feel like that's a little bit of Joe Exotic's imagination running wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I'm sure it's prone to do at times. So oh my maybe god. Maybe a Tiger King Ozark crossover is what you're thinking maybe happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like the the Costa Rica thing. I kept waiting for them to like. Are they going to follow up on like what was he doing? And like nobody's just flying their private plane back and forth to Costa Rica all the time. It's like, well, I like Costa Rica. Like, mm, I mean, it's nice, but come on, that's just a long flight. Just to go see baby tigers? Nah. No, I there was some. He was taking something down. I mean, I've seen enough of the Narcos colon whatever shows to be like he was flying something he wasn't supposed to. And it's like they were all drug people anyway in that world. It seemed like it seemed like all of them by episode four they were like, and I was on a lot of meth at this point. So and you're like, oh, they were all on meth. That that helps right. explain some of this. Uh, Hi, Janine. Um, I all star chat room. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you on that whole tiger, that whole Tiger King thing stuff, uh, especially with her husband. Um, I did see this weird tweet uh, earlier today about how people are viewing Carol Baskin. And I feel like it's the same way that a lot of people viewed, um, what's her name from Breaking Bad, the wife. Skylar, Skylar White. I, right, because a lot of people were totally like, oh, Skylar is such a terrible character. I was for a long time. And then I read something that that was like, no. Walt, Walt is the worst character because of this and all of that stuff. So it just kind of makes sense. So Carol, do your yeah, thing. Walt. I mean, it, I I think it, it it makes some sense. I mean, it makes more sense in Breaking Bad because it's not true. Like it's all just <laughs> fiction, so you can like whoever you want. Um, I did think it was weird to get through Tiger King and then go online and everybody was like loved Joe Exotic and was like firmly on his side it's like really because he's a creep like he's like he's obviously a lunatic and like a bad guy and like he really did hire this guy to go like we don't know if she had anything to do with her husband's order i'm pretty positive that joe exotic really did pay that guy to go kill her it's like i, I was sort of surprised everybody was immediately on his side i mean i guess it makes sense it's like there are these shows about these like totally unrestrained, unpredictable, like these characters who are like pure id, like they just do whatever they want. They have no impulse control. And as an audience, that's exciting. Like we like that and we want to see them keep going and go bigger and go crazier. And then you've got the Skyler and the Carol Baskin characters who are the ones being like, no, 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 you've got to stop. You've gone too far. And it's like, so they're, they're sort of spoilers from our perspective. But even though, like, this is reality and Carol Baskin is like, stop breeding tigers just to sell them and then have people pet them and then kill them, which is like she's on the right side of that argument. Like, yeah. it's maybe, like, not as fun when you're watching Tiger King and you're, like, crazier. But, like, in reality, <laughs> like, she's right and he's really wrong and crazy. <laughs> yes. They're going to release a seventh episode. They're Netflix. I saw, yes. Sometimes. 
I will add in the chat room, people are like, Carol is awful too. Like, for sure. Like, there's definitely, I'm not here to like be like, I love Carol Baskin and everything she does is right. I was just saying, like, in that one argument, I think she, like, she makes some good points. I think there are also things that you could definitely hold against her as well. Uh, it's not like I came away being like, Carol's the best. Like, Jeff Lowe is the worst, I think. Jeff like, Lowe I hated him good. way more than anybody else. Yes. And I like the staff, and I like John Ranke. John Ranke has that moment where he's talking about, a lot of people think I lost my legs because of a tiger, but I didn't. And then the guy's making the movie. He's like, well, how did you lose him? And he just, without skipping a beat, he's just like, I'm a ziplining accident. So it's like the, the most amazing moment in any TV show. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't, like Christopher Guest could never pull that moment off. It's so perfect. He's so matter of fact. He's not like, oh, you won't believe this. It was a zip lining accident. He's just like, zip lining accident. Like, sure. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. And then he doesn't That's even right. really go into it like at all. Like we don't hear anything. We just hear that. No. Well, the, the guy's got to be like, what happened? And then he's <laughs> like, well, I feel like landed on my feet. He just was going to toss that out and then just like go on with his day. Like, I don't need to unpack this. <laughs> zip lining accident. Lost Looking both my legs. Time. Now I have these clown legs. I'm like, sure, John Ranke. I said that man definitely listens to ICP. I, I've seen oh, oh, yeah. he listens to ICP. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, imagine getting to turn that guy on to ICP. Like, you know, if you like evil clowns, I have a band you might enjoy. <laughs> Magnet. Like, make his whole day. Okay. Uh, Kelsey? Next. <laughs> Are they talking about doing an honest trailer commentary using the four quadrants the way that they do SJU now? Uh, maybe. I'm not privy to those conversations. <laughs> like, I'm I'm over here. Like, uh, they, they email me and be like, here's what we're doing. And I'm like, cool. Uh, I'm not really the guy who's like, here's what we should do. Like, I just... Roth and Spencer and Billy Business are having those conversations in a room somewhere, and I'll just hear about it when we decide what we're going to do. But I would, I would presume that eventually we're going to start doing as much creative stuff with that as we can. I mean, I know we're also thinking about we're we're, we're thinking about all kinds of trying to be clever ways to keep making content, even though we're all stuck at home and there are no movies anymore, right. uh, which is too. <laughs> two very imposing challenges for people who all get together and then make videos about movies. But uh, I think we've got some, I think we've got some good ideas for stuff we could do sort of solo. And then we're also trying to come up with, yeah, like ways to ways to use stuff like this and zoom and all those tools to like, at least get us sharing the same screen for, you know, a little bit. Right. It's, it's not great having that. A lot of the content creators have started doing that and it's been good ways to kind of, cause we need yeah. more content during this time and more, not less. And, yeah, and uh, I, and I, it is we're getting like all these interesting like combinations of people and like everybody's home, so you're in this like John Krasinski can get like a full Hamilton reunion <laughs> right. going or like there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening every day because it's just like well like, we're all captive like you can't everybody's home you you can't yeah. go anywhere so you know that Lin Manuel Miranda can help you out if you give him a call and get literally every single person who was on the original yeah. cast come on to the stream. I watched that today for the first time. It was amazing. I cried. No surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy because it's like you could never do this because, you know, you'd, you'd call like David Diggs is going to be around this day. But, you know, like that doesn't work out well for like these four people or like it's just like 
how could you ever work that out unless you locked everybody in their home? So like Anthony Ramos can't bail because he's like he has to be locked in his apartment, or I guess he has a house by now. <laughs> well, that's how we got. That's how, no. that's how we got the Schmoes No rec- the Schmoes No reunion show that they did. Mark the Schmoes No reunion. Yeah, on this channel right. that. You know, you can do all, all of these like. Now. Yeah, you can do all this like crazy stuff just because we're all like locked in our houses and nobody can leave. I love it. Yeah. So it's that's actually made in some ways kind of been cooler because as you get things you haven't been able to get in a long time. So it's the, it's creativity, you know, when you when you have something like yeah. it's hard to do, it makes you more creative. I mean Spike Lee joined Twitter, so there's there's good and bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, good old Spike Lee. Uh, Kelsey. Alrighty, give me one second. Also, um, I am trying to team Screen Junkies or ah, team Schmoda. Come on, I mean Screen <laughs> Junkies pays me money to live, so you know, like I, I on that level, you gotta go, you gotta go with the the full time job. <laughs> but uh, I love, I love the Schmoda. I love them both equally. Don't make me choose. Perfect. <laughs> you don't like those Sophie's choices, do you? Ah, uh, you know, I don't want I don't want people to watch and be like I'm playing favorites or whatever. I really don't want to hear from like Dan like going with the schmo down, huh? Like I don't want to, I don't want to hear, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear yes. that. Dean says, yeah, what a heartless question. Yes, that's true. Yeah, really. that's true. <laughs> All right, uh Jenny, wanna to go to the uh, Facebook questions? We have some I questions will, there. yes. We're gonna to go to the Facebook questions right now, y'all. If you are not, uh, if you have not liked our page on Facebook, please make sure that you go to our Facebook page, Call to Action Podcast. Go and like that. Go and hit up those questions anytime that we do uh, chill the action. We always like to make sure that we get a post out there as soon as we can, um, around the right times, just so you all can get your questions in for Lon Harris. So, Lon, we do have a few questions, a few questions for you on the call to action uh, Facebook page from Leo Logan. First question, what faction do you hope Jonathan will be able to land on besides swag? Oh, besides swag, huh? Make it harder. Hmm. I mean, I think it would be, I think it would be fun to see John like on the Finstock exchange, (laughs) just like all these heavy hitters. Like I think his, his style would be, would be good as like a like a like I'm gonna take out take out some of the stuffed shirts, you know. Like I'm gonna come in here and and take a different approach with all these like uh, all this team of legends. Uh, and I think he and uh, I think he and Finstock would be fun mixing it up together. So that there you go. I'm going Finstock. I can absolutely totally see them interacting with each other. That would be fun. Yeah. So KM Franklin, great friend of the podcast. Um, she does go into, she's been a big supporter of you, Lon, for a very long time. Um, she's going to definitely miss the, uh, the, 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 the professor, all of that good stuff. Uh, watching you tonight with good medicine, getting to know you better, seeing the slider side of you. Her question is, what is your favorite John Luke Goddard film? He is my favorite. John Luke? Oh, Goddard. Uh, oh, wow. I actually get a guess, like a like a professor level question. Oh. I know, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to say the one I've watched the most is probably Band of Outsiders, uh, which is uh, it's it's Quentin Tarantino's favorite. That's how I first that's how I first saw it. Uh, and his okay. his production company's named A Band Apart, which is the French name for Band of Outsiders, Band Apart. Uh, 
I love that one. And it, it kind of captures a lot of that era of Godard where it's like, it's like a crime film, but it's very like tongue in cheek and it's very like cool. Like it's not really driven by a lot of plot. It's more just like cool shots and cool moments and it's funny dialogue. And it's like very like repartee. And I, I really like that era of Godard. I like that one a lot. I like Perot Le Fou a lot, but I also like some of the, like the later I'm, I'm drifting. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Band of Outsiders. <laughs> Band of Outsiders. You got it. Alrighty. So, um, from Danny Coast, who is a host on the Call to Action Network. Love a Danny here. Uh, shout out, uh, Wonder Twin. Which classic film or hidden gem on Netflix slash Prime you would recommend people to check out? Hmm. Uh, well, without looking it up, I don't know which one is on. I'm trying to think of movies I know for sure are on those. I'm going to see if I can pull this up here. Maybe I can take right. Netflix is not good for like classic films. Like Netflix has a lot of good stuff from like the nineties and on, but I rarely go to Netflix and it's like, Oh, here's this like archive title. But, uh, looking at prime right now, there is one I've got. Perfect. 1973. Uh, it's called the long goodbye. Elliot Gould plays Philip Marlowe, the sort of classic noir detective character, but it's, it's like this sort of updated, like in California in the 70s, Elliot Gould investigating a, a Marlowe-style noir mystery. Uh, a lot of connections to Inherent Vice, that P.T. Anderson movie with Joaquin Phoenix was kind of riffing on a lot of the same ideas where it's kind of this very unconventional private eye. He's very like California. He's very like laid back. And yet he gets in over his head. Also, Big Lebowski is kind of a riff on this same sort of idea. Uh, it's it's brilliant. It's funny. It's it's weird. Uh, it's got a great like sort of pull the rug out from under you ending, uh, and it's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, Robert Altman's Long Goodbye. Check it out. Long Goodbye. All right, <clears throat> from Megan McCurley, also big supporter of the Call to Action Network. Uh, Meg does a lot of our stats. Thank you, Meg. She is a part of the crew, basically. Uh, what movie last year did you wish more people had seen, and why? Hmm. What twenty nineteen? I'm gonna pull this up. I mean, I a lot of people did see it. I loved The Lighthouse last year, which I know was not. Like, I thought it might get a bunch of, like, award stuff. Defoe was so great and Pattinson was so great. Cinematography was amazing. I just really thought it was cool and it, it sort of, uh, it, you know, people didn't really remember it. Like, an awards – it didn't stand out as, like, an award season. It was, like, an oddball niche favorite. Uh, I also thought Dolomite on Netflix was amazing, like so good, so funny, and also really touching. And like that's so hard to do where it was like it was having fun with those characters in that world, but it wasn't making fun of them. It didn't feel mean. It felt very like warm and and, and like it embraced their humanity and it really saw them as underdogs. I thought that was amazing. Uh, one other one that I will highlight, though, we talked about this a lot on Charting with Dan. There was it is on Hulu. It is a documentary. You guys are going to laugh because it sounds really silly, like like over-the-top artsy. It's so good. It's called Honeyland. It's from North Macedonia. It was nominated for two Oscars last year. It's the first time a movie's been nominated for Best Documentary and Best uh, International slash foreign language movie in the same year. It's this documentary about this woman and she lives in this very remote area of North Macedonia and she's a wild beekeeper, which means like she doesn't keep 
bees in like a you know she doesn't have bees like a beekeeper would she like goes into the mountains where the wild hives are and like gets the honey from the bees in their natural habitat uh and and she's got this like incredibly like rustic old-fashioned old world lifestyle and the movie is just you know like modern life sort of just starting to like intrude on her world like neighbors move in and like all this industrial beekeeping starts like the bees start leaving and it's incredible and this these filmmakers just followed this woman for like over a year and it is like watching a transmission from like another planet like you can't believe that in 2020 there are people who have this life and are still like living off the land and in this little hut and I, it's incredible uh honeyland it's on hulu i like in, in, just an unbelievable movie and, and like it feels scripted and but it's real oh i cannot wait to watch that i can't <laughs> wait. i wrote that down i'm gonna watch it yeah <laughs> that's awesome. everybody watch honeyland yes Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> waiting for something to pop up. In me. Sorry. <laughs> From Alex Shawshank, a wonderful contributor to the Call to Action Network, a big time host on the Call to Action Network, also the host of Schmobates, wants to ask favorite Schmodown personality. Ooh, wow. Uh, so many, so many to choose from, uh, you know, uh, that's tough. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like going back through like who, who's had the, the most fun matches or I'll tell you, I, I really, I really admire uh, Ethan Irwin. I feel like he's an incredibly strong competitor. He's one of those guys that I feel like uh, if you put him like in the right circumstances, with like the right partner, the right side, like he could probably like destroy us all really. Like when it, when it comes right down to it, like maybe the, maybe the overall strongest player. I will also say uh, Alonzo Duraldi really blew me away when we were competing against him. Uh, and he got the Hitchcock category. And I've never seen anybody just like more confidently, just like knock off questions. Like it was nothing like he like, really weird deep knowledge questions and it was just like like you asked him his own birthday it was like really wild uh and in terms of who like plays their character the best um ah geez i don't know it's really it's it's hard to say i mean i had a lot of fun uh with Shannon uh, Barney in, in our last match where she was sort of antagonizing me and we were going back and forth uh yeah that was a lot of fun She's good. That's I mean, nice. Oh, Ethan. Ethan. Oh, Ethan. <laughs> I feel like we kind of came up together, Ethan yep. and I. Yep. Definitely around the same time. So that is all of the questions from Facebook. So if there are any other questions in the chat, Kelsey will pull them up. If you all want to ask any last-minute questions, please make sure that you get that in there right now. If not, then it's been two hours. So. Wow. Realize the <laughs> you can tell by the layers of, of sweat that have, uh, have developed on my forehead. I wear, it's like I'm rings on a tree. I wore a hoodie and I usually keep my AC off during this. Yeah, I didn't. I kept the AC off so we wouldn't, you know, didn't get background noise. Yeah. So I'm. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. professional yes you do because you you have been on uh youtube for a long time like i, I found your youtube channel 
It, which isn't hard. Oh, like, search Lon Harris on YouTube. This is my name. Yeah, I should take that down or something. I used to just, you know. <laughs> it's it's literally just you sitting down, staring at a camera, yeah. doing your movie well, reviews. And back then, I didn't I didn't have editing software. I mean, I guess I had QuickTime, right. but I didn't really know how to edit, and I didn't have like Final Cut. So I was like, I gotta just do this one take. I don't, there's no editing. So, uh, yeah, everything on that channel was literally like me sitting down and just going. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so not great, not great quality content, but it, but it's there. It's there. It is there. And it's, uh, very much in the prime of YouTube and what YouTube yes. was. Okay. So it's very cool. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All right. Danny. Anything else, anyone? That's it. We're all good. Oh. oh, I'm not answered. Skip it. Next one. Skip next it. next one. question. Go ahead. Next question. Does the press kind of find his way? What is it? Uh, I don't want to get you know like I like I have good or bad. Like I, I I have a contingency plan for if the delinquent does really well this season, and then if the delinquent does very poorly. If it ends up somewhere in the middle, I don't really know. We'll probably kick this can to next season. But uh, I do have I do have a like general thoughts on where the storyline is going, so we'll see. All right, stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Oh, one more, Eric Lane. How, How was it? Working, <laughs> it was. <laughs> listen, it was it was great. Uh, you know, we've we've been we've been friends for a long time, and we were friends back then. And uh, he always was. He he has not changed very much, and the bibs that you see in the Schmodown is the the bibs that you get in real life. Like he is not a character. <laughs> he's he's act, you know, he's playing things up a little bit, but he, he's very authentically himself. That that is who that guy is, and uh, that's who he's been since I've uh, known him. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Lon, for coining the concept of competency porn in the film. I don't think I made that up. I think somebody else made up that term. To, to, just to fill everybody in, uh, competency porn is like when you watch a movie and it's about a group of people who are very smart and good at their jobs, like tackling a problem. Like to me, Apollo 13 is like the ultimate all-time competency porn. It's just like the fantasy of something will go wrong and then like all of these brilliant problem-solving people will just like come in and like fix it. Like The Martian is another good one where it's like anytime you're like this this character's facing this insurmountable odds and then they've got to like piecemeal figure out everything you need to do to like fix it uh and especially now that's like there's so much comfort in that the idea that like we would be led by people who would be good at their jobs and would like get together to like oh we're gonna fix this thing um it's really satisfying on some level to watch that uh so there you go that's competency porn I do I do genuinely love that because that's going to be a fun thing to use later on inside of the future. Mm -hmm. But from what I can see from what's going on inside of the chat now, that's going to be it for tonight. We have had so much fun having the professor slash delinquent hanging out with us on Chill to Action. Lon, this was a great episode. You're so smart, and I really do enjoy talking to you very much. So thank you for spending your Monday with us. That's, uh, that's so kind. Thank you very much. No, this was very nice. I really had a lot of fun with this. So, uh, again, thank you all so much. Everyone inside of the chat hanging out with us. Uh, we love you. As always, you can find me on Twitter at DannyJoy, D-A-N-I-E-E-J-O-Y. said it earlier. There it is. And uh, I'm going to bounce it over to Paul. You can find me at Paul underscore Denuzio on Twitter. And like I said before, the Team Action Patreon. 
So, uh, Lon, where can we find you? Can you plug your anything you're going to Oh, uh, you know, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to follow what I'm doing. And uh, subscribe to Screen Junkies if you haven't. My, uh, my face will pop up there sooner or later. Perfect. That's it. Okay. That's all I got. That's it. That's all. That's all. Uh, big shout outs and big love to Taco. Taco, thank you so much for being with us on this as well. We love puppy inside of Chill to Action. A puppy or a kitty cat. Don't ever discriminate any of your <laughs> to action. If you got a hamster, if you got a lizard, if you got a snake, go ahead. You know. Yeah. Seriously, we love it. Lon, again, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Cannot wait to see everything that you have coming on with the Schmodown. You're definitely, genuinely a character that all of us love. So, again. Thanks, guys. Thank One of the top. I will do so you can drink to you. Yes, it is correct. So again, thank you to everyone in the chat. Make sure that you follow the action guys. Um, uh, subscribe to their Patreon. Patreon.com slash Action Industries, all of that Team good stuff. Team Action, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Paul. Paul's the one who pays the bill, so he's he's the, or, or helps with that. So uh, he does all of that. Thank you so much, Paul. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe on this video. Thank you so much for getting us to, uh, to C2A 1K. We can't wait to see you on Smobates this Wednesday coming up with James White and Robert Parker. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see some rookies debut on Schmobates before they debut on the Schmodown, and that's going to be a lot of fucking fun. So thank you so much to everyone hanging out. We love you. We cannot wait to see you again, and as always, we salute you. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>